Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Okay, so I'll come to some of the newspaper stories in a minute, but with regards to events in, uh, particularly in the city and also suburban areas and anywhere near the river, which would be both sides of both channels, if you know what I mean. Cork City Centre has been hit with significant flooding after torrential rain overnight and again this morning. And also, it's almost like the perfect storm, a uh, high tide round about half past eight this morning and the water just spilled over. So low-lying keys, Morrison's Island, uh, many of these areas are closed now to, to traffic and indeed even to pedestrians. Motorists are being asked to avoid the South Mall this morning due to flooding. Significant amounts of water and I've been sent videos already this morning from people in the area. You could be talking about a foot and a foot and a half in some places on the Mall, for instance, Oliver Plunkett Street, Sharman Crawford Street, Sharman Crawford Street. Um, other areas um, around the county are also, are also hurting. Down around uh, Kinsale, there are impassable roads. Areas of Middleton are suffering this morning. Whitegate Village, even down around Yall and Ross Dillon. Now, the fire services are working flat out this morning, even down around Bandon, uh, for the bridge in Bandon to Timaleague. That road's impassable. And on it goes. Clonakilty's having problems this morning. The Inshadoni Road. Um, I just had a, a faster, quicker look then to areas of the city this morning. You're looking at the South Terrace. You're looking at Morrison's Quay, the South Mall, and all of the many of the side streets off the mall uh, uh, Father Matthew Street uh, Morrison's Key, George's Key uh, Oliver Plunkett Street, I've seen videos coming in from Oliver Plunkett Street this morning and Winthrop Street, very 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 high tides led to a lot of city flooding, Un- unfortunately the city's been hammered with flooding this morning there will be flood damage uh, in some places a foot and a half, maybe even two feet of water, uh, and indeed it's uh, safe to say at this stage that for many, their businesses and their ground, ground floors of their businesses have also been flooded. Now, we will back off as uh, the tide recedes um, by about 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, but it's devastating of all of the days when many of the city uh, shops would be hoping for at least some kind of a bit of trade today uh, and indeed tomorrow. And they've been hit by flooding. Uh, of course, the big money story, the big ticket story this morning is, uh, of course, um, Level 5. Uh, and we got it last night from Michal Martin. Mind you, with all of the leaking like a leaking sieve, we kind of expected it. And there were no huge surprises. The only surprise um, for me is the potential of fines. They are now uh, enacting legislation to fine you. I don't know how much that would be. It could be 50 euro, it could be 70, it could be 100. They may come up with these ridiculous threats of bigger amounts of money, but fines if you go outside of your five kilometer boundary. What are your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106. I mean, nothing really has worked 100%. Many people pulled their weight, but unfortunately some didn't. So maybe it is a time to legislate against those who just won't do as they've been asked. Not what they're told. We're not being told. We're being asked. Uh, and maybe with fines and legislation for that, it will change from being asked to being told. But for me, the big worry is jobs. And uh, many people are, are throwing around figures. In fact, many of the papers this morning say anywhere between 100 and, uh, 150 and 200 jobs uh, will be lost. And people will be out of work from midnight tomorrow night. Uh, and many people are probably being told as I speak now that for at least the next six weeks, it will be a pandemic unemployment payment.
So more on all of that with regards to the newspapers and how it's covered in the papers today and the things you can and can't and should and shouldn't do. But let's stay with what's relevant and what's live and what's happening right now. And that is devastating floods in the city centre. Seamus Whelan's on the way and I'll link with him depending on how close to the city you can get. But if you are in the city or you have a business in the city, please reach out to me. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. We're here to help and we want to hear how bad it actually is. You Union Key amongst them, and Paul has the most beautiful Three Little Piggies cafe there, and he joins me by phone. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How Love, are you? I've been loving all of your seating, and people are having cafes and latte. It looks great over the last few weeks, and I'll come back to that in a minute. But how bad is it this morning? Pretty bad. I have been here now four and a half years, and this is the worst surge in toilet flooding I've seen. Uh, actually, compared to the last floods that were in Otto Funka Street, um, which were devastating back in. 2016, I think. Uh, I think this is the worst I've seen, you know. Are, are you shipping water in the cafe? No, thankfully, when they constructed the car park here, they, they allowed for flooding. So there's a couple of steps up into the cafe and there's a high pavement here as well. Now, the pavement on the other side by the river is totally flooded. Okay, so you're looking over to Morrison's Quay and over to the likes of Academy Street and perhaps even George's Quay. What's that like? It's totally flooded. Um... All the school of calm is all shut down at the moment. It's totally flooded all over, uh, down onto the South Mall. Uh, South Terrace is totally flooded. The water, actually, I'm watching it at the moment, coming over the bridge, Trinity Bridge, and it's still surging in at the moment, even though the tide is receding. Are you saying that the water is actually over the footbridge? Oh, it's totally, the footbridge is, is um, uh, you can't pass it at the moment. Oh, my you can't God. Pass it. It's, to- it's totally over it. So you had the winds. You had the winds driving the water up the channel. You had the high tide, and then you had torrential rain. It couldn't have got any worse than that. It's the combination of the three. Just was a. It's it's a bad one, you know. Would you say that businesses will have water inside? I mean, would sandbags even have made a difference? I don't. I don't think people realised it was going to be bad. uh, So bad this morning. They thought maybe a little bit of flooding around the car parking areas and the keys and that. But this is. This is a major incident. It's, I was actually only thinking a while ago that it's, it's definitely going to hit Oliver Punker Street, you know? Yeah, oh, it has. I've seen videos already of a lot of water, and I'm just wondering how, how, how businesses are going to react to this with regards to maybe damaged stock or not being able to open today, and there are only two days to go to midnight tomorrow night. It's the worst, it's the worst timing ever. That's, uh, like for the keys here, we're used to it and it recedes and we don't get much flooding in premises on the keys. But obviously when it's, when it breaches the South Mall and hits Oliver Plunker Street, then, then the trouble starts, you know? And it's going to raise the spectre again as what's the best way to handle flooding in the city, whether it's walls or a tidal barrier, isn't it? It is. I think the, the, the main phase of the project is Morrison's Island, which is the main cause of the flooding breach in the South Mall and on Oliver Plunker Street, which they have passed at the moment, as far as I know, to start construction next year. That is needed. Okay, but will, right now, this will, morning... It will, it will, yeah, it will protect Oliver Plunker Street, okay. but unfortunately this morning, no. It's not just the city, actually. It's anywhere where there are rivers and anywhere where there's, uh, you know, uh, maybe a, a coastal aspect or anything to do with uh, Cork Harbour. Many, many places right across the county are being hit this morning with flooding. Um, can I just ask you, before I let you go, because I'm going to talk to the fire brigade in a few seconds' time if I can, uh, how are you feeling about the announcement, you and many like you, who have to uh, pull down the shutters midnight tomorrow night? Uh, 
Trinity Piggies, like the last lockdown, will remain open throughout the whole lot of us because we're right in the middle of the vital services, the fire station, the Gardaí, uh, the courts will continue, City Hall, Welfare, RT. They're all good regulars of ours. So for takeout, yeah, but nobody... For, for takeout, there'll be no... Unfortunately, we'll have to remove the outside tables and that, and we'll be open for takeaway. How do you feel about that? Are you worried? Uh, I, I, I got through the last one. We'll get through this one. I'm lucky where I'm situated that I will have business around. I feel very sorry for and and for the rest of the businesses in the city, you know. Um, that it won't be worked their while staying open for a lot of cafes and restaurants and stuff like that for takeaway. There just won't be footfall. All right, Paul, I'll let, let you plow on, but thank you so much for taking the call this morning. I want to talk to Victor Shine, second officer at Cork City Fire Brigade. A busy night, overnight, and indeed this morning. Victor, thanks for taking the time out. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you keeping? Good. How bad is it? It's very bad at the moment. Um, South Mall is completely flooded. Oliver Plunkett Street completely flooded. All the side streets off of both of these streets are heavily flooded as well. Um, Morrison's Island, heavily flooded. Um, uh, Charmant Crawford Street, again, heavily flooded. So quite an area of the city is um, under a, a quite significant amount of water. At and the what is the advice or direction to motorists then with regards to the city right now? Avoid the city centre at the moment anyway. Anything on that will bring their path down the South Mall, uh, um, Oliver Plunkett Street areas and so on. Path Street hasn't been affected yet, but um, there is probably going to be water maybe heading that direction. Okay. And there's nothing can be done about this, is there? We just need to wait for it to recede for maybe an hour or two, is it? That's correct. So we, we were at ha- our full tide at uh, 8.30 this morning. And uh, so the tide will start proceeding now and uh, the water is off and then the recovery uh, phase that will then begin. So there will be a lot of property damage resulting from this. Um, will you have a role to play in that, what you call recovery? Yeah, what we're doing at the moment is we're dispensing flood tanks around to properties who have not taken uh, measures to protect uh, from flooding. So we're, we're putting out as many flood tanks as we can. Um, and we're encouraging just shop owners not to start uh, just tending their properties against the egress of water and then starting to um, clear out their properties. Okay. Can I just can I just ask a question just on that point because people will be listening hearing you say that. Uh, why is that being done now? I mean, were people caught by surprise on this? Perhaps those measures should have been taken yesterday? Yeah. Um, Cork City Council would have given out advance warnings of the level 3 flooding in the city. So it would have been given out last night and signage and all that would have been put up uh, early last night. And um, I think people maybe weren't expecting the severity of the flooding that we had this morning, but it was the highest level. And the highest you've seen, is it? Or the highest in a long time? It's one of the highest in a long time, yeah. So all the astronomical features have just come against us with tide, wind, rain and so on. So, so you're expecting um, some property damage and certainly stock da- stock damage on ground floor. Yeah, significant significant stock damage, significant property damage uh, resulting from that off of the flooding areas. Oh yeah, but so the city centre at this point in time is not passable for drivers. It's not passable on the normal routes. Although Plunkett Street is not passable under any circumstance, and the, the side streets off it, there is no access. We have people literally standing up on top of bollards and pillars of all sorts in Oliver Plunkett Street waiting for the tide to recede. So they, they put themselves in a situation now and they're actually stuck there. Oh, really? I mean, they can't... Yeah. Literally, they can't they're move. stuck on top of no. a bollard sitting up no. out of the water. That's it. 
I've literally offered to, to rescue somebody from a bollard and um, he said no he'll wait for it to go down but he'll be waiting a significant amount of time he'll be waiting, waiting an hour an hour and a half hey, incidentally oh yeah okay so we're saying 45 minutes people will start to see an improvement yeah. this isn't limited to the city I'm told we're looking at Kinsale Carrigaline Middleton Bandon lots of yeah. other areas and rural areas and towns as well so it's very bad yeah, in I many places lots of areas have been affected by this have been touched by this um, this weather uh, front has come in upon us and um, it's just being prepared for it. Uh, there's very little one can do uh, to defend against these, but um, the flood barriers that people have up and so on have worked significantly well, and people with flood sacks, they have to be kind of monitored, so people are in their properties now just um, making sure that the egress is down to a minimum, but That's water will come in. Heartbreaking yeah, for them, considering everything else they have to Very deal hard. with. Okay, okay. so obviously motorists need to be aware, and people should also be aware not to put themselves in danger this morning. Fair play. Absolutely, yeah. Avoid, avoid these streets unless there's absolutely no other need for it to come in. That Victor Shine, thank you for property. taking the call. Uh, second officer, Cork City Fire Brigade. The Fire Brigade are working flat out this morning to help as best they can. But as Victor says, um, you know, it's just uh, an issue at this stage of waiting for the waters and the floods to recede. Maria picked up the phone from Carrigaline. Maria, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. And uh, Carrigaline's on the list of areas uh, as well. What's it like down there? It's fairly bad. Um, there's two guards. Um, there's one down by the bridge um, directing traffic and another one then up by um, Apache Pizza. And it's like it, the water is from, coming from between the Bank of Ireland and Michael McGrath's office. Is, is it a case that the river in Cargilline burst its banks because of the high water, is it? I'd say so. Um, it's on the footpaths and everything. Um, like I'm doing lab books at the moment, cleaning and... Um, Basically, it's it's on the up, it's on both sides of the road, and it, like the guards are there directing traffic there at the moment. Um, have businesses been damaged on ground floor level? Then I don't know. I haven't been down that far yet. Um, I'd say more than likely there is. I'd say. There probably will be. Okay, okay. You need to hang in there for an hour or so and then people can assess the damage. But for now, people need to be aware there's a lot of flooding, not just in the city. Okay, look after yourself. Thanks, Maria. You too, Neil. Thank you. Back after the break, text 0868-104-106 if you want to update us on the significant flooding in your area. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM. For many businesses, certainly those within the remit of the Cork Business Association, the news last night is bad. It was made a hell of a lot worse because perhaps they were hoping that today and tomorrow, and maybe it's retrievable and redeemable, uh, that uh, today and tomorrow would be uh, their last opportunity to sell whatever stock they needed to shift ahead of midnight tomorrow night. Uh, Ono Sullivan is the president of the CBA, joins me by phone. Owen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. As if uh, midnight tomorrow night wasn't bad enough, it just got a hell of a lot worse, right? Uh, absolutely. Um, just got. I'm getting messages and phone calls from many members in the city, and they have water now coming into their premises. Um, and only recently, we had Minister Patrick O'Donovan, the OPW down in Cork City, promoting the flood defence scheme. And I suppose this is the magnitude of what we want to avoid. And, and to be in this situation again is just so frustrating, Neil. Uh, it's so frustrating for all the businesses that are affected, you know. Yeah, you got to wonder the debate as to whether it should be uh, tidal walls or whether it should be flood defence. If there was a flood defence barrier down at the harbour mouth, as many are suggesting it should be, a lot of the water that got pushed up the channel 
would have been stopped and it could have made a huge, huge difference at a fraction of the cost. But maybe that's a debate for another time. Um, yeah. when, when, when we look then at the bigger picture from midnight tomorrow night, um, y- you know, I know that hairdressers are slamming this move because hairdressers have been very safe places for people. That could be said for an awful lot of the businesses in Cork who adhere to all of the guidelines and we we hear of very little amount of cases linked to retail, you know, like how do you feel about this move? Uh, Look, I think there was 232 cases in Cork yesterday uh, in compared to Dublin which is 235. Uh, I think the Cork Business Association acknowledges that there is an issue there we would like to suppress the virus. We are working uh, with government uh, to try and get back to normal trade as soon as possible. Obviously, uh, the news last night that we're closing for six weeks is, is devastating uh, because we're leading into what is, I suppose, the busiest period for retail. Uh, it's the busiest period for the hospitality sector. Uh, and to close for a six-week period is, is extreme. We feel it's extreme. Um, I do feel that we do need to try and re- suppress the virus, but I think that uh, time period is too long. Um, I think there is so many knock-on effects uh, from closing businesses, like there's 200,000 people potentially losing their jobs this evening. Um, the knock-on effect of that is there's mental health issues, there's people's stress, there's people with families, they have mortgages, they have car loans, they don't know whether they're going to have a job to come back to. Uh, and look, I think this morning, uh, with the added stress of flooding in the city as well, um, this has probably been the most difficult trading uh, conditions business has ever seen in Cork, bar uh, the burning of Cork City 100 years ago. Um, so look, I think for us as a business association, uh, we are working very closely with government uh, we had a good meeting with Simon Coveney yesterday when we had some of our members on uh, and, and just feeding back uh, the worry uh, of our members, uh, the worry of businesses in the city uh, and how we can get through this. Well, what, yeah, but that's all very f- fine words. But what actions are going to be taken on behalf of businesses? Like Retail Excellence Ireland is saying this morning uh, that inevitably this move will push many, many businesses into insolvency. They won't be able to come back from this six weeks. While at the same time, um, 70% of all of the annual turnover that's generated online in the next six weeks will go to companies overseas. I mean, what help are you going to get? Well, the the government is spending 100 million euros per week. I know I'm not speaking on behalf of government. I'm speaking on behalf of our members, Neil. Yeah. Um, we're, ve- we're very, very worried. Um, like, there is businesses that are losing uh, and, and business owners are taking this hit in the pockets. They're not paying their own wages. Uh, they're, they're barely surviving. They're trying to keep their staff in jobs. And one of the biggest worries yesterday from our meeting was people want to keep their staff in jobs. They're essential staff. They've worked extremely hard to get those people in those positions. And these, and, and like anyone with experience in the hospitality sector or someone who's a good operator, they're going to be looking elsewhere. They're saying, there's no, uh, they've, they've little confidence now being closed down so many times. So I suppose that's a, that's a big worry. Oh, the staff will migrate to other professions, is it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so we're working very, very hard to keep our essential staff in jobs. And it's very, very difficult when, I suppose, we're operate, operating in the hospitality sector with our arms tied behind our back. Uh, just operating on takeaway basis only is very, very difficult. Um, retail just being closed down uh, is an extremely big blow. Is it not um, possible no. for many of your members to adapt click and collect? Is that even allowed? 
we have we have started um, CorkCityShopping.com, which is an online platform for for many many local businesses, and we would stress the Cork community uh, to get on board and to support local traders uh, during this very very difficult time. Um, so CorkCityShopping.com, it's it, you can click and collect. There's delivery services. Um, this was created uh, over the last number of months to help businesses survive through the lockdown period. Um, there will be the pop payment uh, for some, yes. depending on their wages, three hundred and fifty. For others, three hundred, and the lowest paid, two hundred and three. Will that be enough? Do you think? Um, I don't think it's ever enough, uh, Neil. You know, no. I think for anybody leaving or, or being told that their their uh, their job is gone, um, it's very very stressful. I think the government want to try and keep the link between the business and uh, the employee. Um, there's so, the furlough as well, yeah, yeah. Exactly the the employment wage subsidy scheme, uh, which is the government is trying to promote to keep people employed, which which is which is of interest to the business community as well. Um, but we did call for added, um, as we learned of of this uh, new lockdown, uh, we did call for added support and I suppose a restart scheme. Uh, because if you take six months or six weeks trading and uh, six months or uh, six weeks profitability out of a business, they're going to need a kickstart again. It's not as if we can turn the key and open the door and, and, and take on again uh, coming into Christmas. Uh, we're going to need added support. And uh, uh, Minister Simon Govening and Minister McGrath have, have, have both said that they will make available uh, additional supports for businesses, which is badly, badly needed. So what's the message to customers then and people who have been loyal to all of your members? Uh, is it to try... Did you say that was Cork City? What was that, that dot .com again? So it's CorkCityShopping.com. It's an online platform that uh, Cork people can uh, support Cork businesses uh, and try and keep the spend locally rather than going uh, on an international spend. So... CorkCityShopping.com and, and, and Neil, I will say this, the last lockdown, uh, it was so heartwarming for me to see the support from the Cork people and the business community working together uh, to get, get through this. Now, the novelty last time was there, which mightn't be, I think there was a bit of frustration coming into this one. So I just like to try and lift the spirits a small bit. We're, 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 we're locking down, we're, we're trying to get reopened for Christmas, and hopefully we can trade really, really well going into it, going through December. Would you be asking so, people to try and pause their spend for six weeks to be ready for cork shops in the first week of December? Absolutely, we're working. We're working uh, together with Cork City Council to ensure that the city will be a, a safe place for shoppers to to, to go into, and um, that social distancing will be will be implemented. That all the hand sanitising stations will be implemented in stores. That Cork City will be open for business, and no more than ever, we need the public to support. Cork City. And can I ask you, There, you have hundreds and hundreds um, of members. Do any of the members of the Cork Business Association businesses talk about their own their own mental health or, you know, or, or the stress or anxiety? Are they looking for help in that? Uh, well, I think um, the feedback I've gotten, and I'm only speaking from uh, the people I've spoken to over the last couple of weeks, is that they're finding it difficult to, I suppose, support their staff um, and that's very tolling on any employer. Uh, they like we care about our employees. We we don't want to leave them down. And I think that's a difficult thing to take on board uh, when like you physically can't uh, continue to pay somebody um, when the money isn't there. 
uh, and that's heartbreaking for an employer leaving down uh, loyal and valued employees. So look, I think I admire so many business leaders throughout the city, and like there's so so many of them are selfless. They've they've taken a hit themselves. They're not taking any wages themselves, and they're just trying to support their employees. And I think that that is a message that people probably don't see um, on the other side. So look, I think I think even for people working from home, Neil, I think the the, the mental health piece is something that might have a long-term effect. And we just need to be conscious of that. And I think getting people back to work is is, is a very, very uh, important issue. Okay, so how will CorkCityShopping.com actually operate? Is that click and collect, if you like? It's, it's either click and collect or there's the delivery services. So CorkCityShopping.com is a platform for local businesses that you can that links you to a, an individual business. So when you go onto CorkCityShopping.com, it links you to a local business that you can shop online to their platform and either a click and collect or a delivery service. And is that only open, I'll let you go in a second on, is that only open to CBA members? No, no, we have many other members involved. Uh, any business that does want to get involved, please contact the Cork Business Association. Uh, we'll get you on board. I think no more than ever, we need to support each other. Uh, this is a very, very difficult and uncertain time for everybody. And look, we, we really want to ensure uh, we all have jobs to go back to by the end of the six-week period uh, and that we can trade through Christmas. Okay, CorkCityShopping.com. Check it out. If you're a shopper, check it out as well. If you're a business that would like to be on board. Thanks, Owen. Much obliged to you for Thank taking you. the call. Owen O'Sullivan, President of the Cork Business Association. Text 868 104106. Back after these. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Fair play to you, Anna. She says, Neil, we all need to rally together and do our bit for Cork businesses now. I went into town last night and spent 300 euro in small Cork shops for Christmas presents. I'm buying Christmas cakes and puddings from local caterers to gift my neighbors and kids' teachers. I'll be buying my booze from small Cork off licenses. I will try to buy the kids' Christmas clothes from online Cork companies. If everyone does the same, it will keep these businesses. Shop local and keep Cork people in jobs, Susanna. Absolutely. And there are so many different sectors that will be badly hit in the next six weeks. A lot of people will be looking at jewellery and trinkets like that. And there are many jewellers now that will be closed uh, for the next week, six-week period. Mind you, many of them may have migrated to Cork City Shopping Com. So do check it out. Well, well done, Anna. Many people should follow on your lead uh, and support local. So 200,000 jobs, the Red Tops are talking about this morning. Uh, Retail Excellence Ireland said that non-essential retailers should also be allowed to open. They've been forced to close. This time of the year will cause permanent and serious damage. And they are saying uh, that all retail, because there was uh, many, many precautions been taken in retail. Like what, what's happening now is that you will have the multiples, the big international companies staying open. Uh, and they will really have to control their crowds uh, to make it fair on others who are closed. Because if you've been in the shopping aisles like I have... They're a worrying place at the best of times. So we're looking at uh, front page in the Independent this morning. Now is the winter of our discontent. Who knows the next line of that Shakespeare uh, play? I don't. Pubs, restaurants, gyms, hairdressers, all to close. Interestingly, the GAA, uh, horse racing and greyhound racing continues behind closed doors. But interestingly enough is this issue regarding fines. I wonder how do you feel about that? You break the distance from home rule, you will be hit with a fine. 
they're going to work out today how much that fine will be. But is that taking it a step too far? What are your thoughts on that? The, the mail this morning says we, we all have to dig deep as if people haven't already. And the Taoiseach had an impassioned plea to the nation. I thought he performed much better yesterday, last night, in spite of the depressing news that he had. Schools will stay open. Uh, six weeks to pull together to have some kind of a meaningful but rather different Christmas, I suppose. And they put the pop back up to 350 euro. I wonder if they regret now uh, dropping it to 300. I wonder if many of them regret much, actually. You remember um, uh, Leo Varadkar on the Claire Byrne show a couple of weeks ago saying, tearing strips out of Neffet, saying they came to the meeting unprepared. Uh, Neffet were suggesting two weeks ago that we go into level five for four weeks. Uh, the government and uh, Leo said they weren't prepared for it. They couldn't answer the questions that were being asked. Much of the questions that the government were asking Neffet weren't Neffet questions at all. They were governmental questions. Uh, and if we had gone into that four-week lockdown at level five two weeks ago, we wouldn't be going into level five two weeks later for six weeks. Do you follow me? Uh, but just in case you forgot, this is what Leo said to Claire Byrne a fortnight ago with regards to the proposal of knocking back Level five for four weeks. Well, what they were proposing was something called a circuit break. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that concept. It's been talked about. Uh, We've heard in the about UK. this, where you just try and stop mm. the, the, the surge, yeah. if you like. Okay, so something that's never been tried anywhere in Europe, um, including in countries that have a much higher incidence of the virus than us. But what it involves is a short, sharp, uh, strict lockdown uh, for three or four weeks um, in the hope that it will reduce the transmission of the virus suddenly to allow us to reopen again. And the problem that we had with the proposal that was put to us today was that we didn't feel it had, be, it had been thought through properly. For example, we asked for some comfort that it might, that four weeks might be enough given that it hasn't been enough in, in Melbourne, doesn't appear to be enough in, in Israel. They weren't what did able he to, say? They weren't able to give us that comfort. Okay. We also asked them what would happen after the four weeks if it didn't work. Would we abandon that strategy or would we proceed regardless? They said they hadn't contemplated that. We asked, what, is it credible to keep the schools open for those four weeks during a strict lockdown? They thought it was. We weren't so sure. We asked them, what do we say to the 400,000 people who um, lose their jobs tomorrow and all those businesses? We need, plan to, we need to, plan to plan for this type of thing. We need to know what to do with the pup. We need to tell the Department of Social Welfare staff to get ready. We need to know what to say, say to businesses. They thought that was a political matter for us. See, like, he should have been challenged on many of those points. Perhaps Claire did. I don't have the rest of the clip. But PUP is not an issue for Neffet. Uh, jobs and job losses, unfortunately, are not an issue for Neffet. Nor is, uh, say, for instance, uh, whether or, or not the, the schools should close. That's a government decision, ultimately. And back then, of course, if you'd taken the decision, I know... If my aunt had whatever, he'd be my uncle, I know that. Um, but if we had done that uh, two weeks ago, we'd be halfway through it now and another fortnight to go. So instead now, we have uh, six weeks ahead. How do they feel about that now? Star this morning says, cold turkey, pubs shut for six weeks in the run-up to Christmas as the T-shirt concerns level five. Shockdown is the headline from The Sun today. Uh, they're talking about all of the businesses that have to close and schools uh, staying open and the five-kilometer travel limit and the pop back to 350. Nightmare before Christmas is the front page of the mirror today. They're all, uh, you know, blasting big headlines on the front page this morning. The mirror talks about a grueling six-week lockdown in a bid to save Christmas. And uh, we'll reopen for Christmas. And then as we wait for a vaccine sometime in the new year, you're probably looking at another type of a lockdown like this sometime at the back end of January or early February. That's what they're saying. 
panicked shoppers then, sparking queues at toy stores and supermarkets yesterday, particularly at Smith's. You may have seen the queues. You may have been in the queues, panicking. And who could blame you? And trying to look after the kids at Christmas time or maybe trying to get in to buy a bit of Christmas clothing and, you know, maybe even buy a few toys, extra toys that Santy won't be bringing. Tishuk says there is hope. It's the front page of this morning's Examiner. And then the Echo talks about the new restrictions again in a bid to save Christmas itself. Um, I will come back to many of the other stories making the newspapers and we'll drill into the what you can and can't do and lots more besides across the morning. But flooding is dominating many people's minds. If you thought it was bad last night, got a hell of a lot worse for many people trying to get to work and many people trying to open businesses this morning. Apparently Olivia ventured in and sent me a video. Olivia, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm looking at uh, Oliver Plunkett Street. Correct, yeah. The end of it towards the Grand Parade side, Neil. It's just, as, as you can see, it's horrendous. It's, um, and I know it was, I shouldn't really have come in today, but I just decided to come in today because my girl who's in college preparing for lockdown tomorrow just decided to come in and get out of the house for the last day, you know. Was it into work or to shop you went? Oh, into work. Um, no, I haven't been in the office. We're all working remotely since March, Neil. But then when the restrictions lifted, we came in, um, I suppose, a day, a week for those first two weeks in July. But then when the restrictions then came in again, we all worked from home. But I just came in then today as the last day just to see was the office okay and just, you know, check post boxes. And, and is it Okay. Well, the office is fine. Oh, thankfully, we're on the fourth floor in the building. Ah, that's fine. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're fine. Absolutely. But talk to me about gr- what you saw at, on ground floor businesses this morning. I mean, horrendous. Like what I did see, which is a great thing, is a lot of people going from business to business sharing their sandbags. So it, yeah, I mean, should this not have been happening yesterday, Olivia? Forgive me now for being I agree. the professor of doom and gloom, but is it a bit too late now to be giving out sandbags? From what I saw this morning, I mean, 100%. I mean, the businesses are suffering enough with everything that's going on. And then this on top of it, and it, as you say, it's not a new thing. The business, especially, we walked up on Oliver Plunk Street and all of them are maybe, you know, a few maybe areas that might be small but higher up, but all the floor businesses are all absolutely damaged. It's horrendous. Do you think that many of those won't be able to open today because they need to put things right? Oh, not at all. Neil. I, I would, from the business that I saw, I'd be shocked if they opened, unless they prepared last night for this morning. But what I saw, there was very little businesses prepared this morning. They all, all their, everything's been flooded in the bottom floor. And even South Mall, even looking out the window here, Neil, it's just, it's probably ankle deep. It is. I'm looking at Dan Linhan's yeah. video now from the Irish Examiner. Uh, he's yeah, probably the- standing around about the GPO looking up. Uh, Winthrop Street, looking up and down uh, Oliver Plunkett Street, and yeah. back towards Pembroke Street. And oh my God, I mean, the side of the G- GPO, Neil, it's not even possible. I mean, we tried to go down um, because again, working in the mall, and we came from that direction. We had to turn back. You just, it wasn't even possible. It's just horrendous, and you just think, why something has not been done before now? <sighs> I, don't, I mean, the defence to that is saying that we're expecting rain and, and risk of flooding, but nothing of this magnitude. That's what that's what I'm being told, you know. Yeah, I've, I've, like, I'm working in the city for years. I've never seen flooding to this level. Being honest, like I've seen flooding, but not even coming up. Um, we came from Glamour direction up to the city, and along the quays by Horgan's Key, the water was literally pouring over there. Are you saying, yeah, oh, all the keys as well. Are you saying the precautions should have been taken, that there was enough warning um, for City Council and County Councils to, you I know, take it more that, seriously? No I, no, I don't know, Neil. I wasn't aware of that. I suppose the warnings that did come in, but surely with the procedures in place that the City Council should have been aware. And again, I don't know where businesses warned. I, I'm not aware of that, but if they did know, they should have been, but they absolutely weren't. 
not just the city, I can tell you. I'm seeing an awful lot of video footage from people's CCTV cameras that are being sent to me from uh, county towns and satellite towns and, and what have you. And how do you, just ahead of letting you go, how do you feel about um, the lockdown for six weeks? Will you be back home for the six weeks? Are you, are you okay working from home? Have you been managing? Absolutely fine. Like, so our employers are fantastic in the sense that we haven't, nothing has changed. And as a team, I, I think, you know, we are stronger working from home and we are busy, which is a great thing. But I suppose mentally, as you know, working from home, I just miss the people interaction. Like work isn't failing. We're absolutely going on and busier than ever. But I just do miss the people, Neil. And I, I you know, to, to think that for another six weeks that we can't go outside. Like again, I live in a, in a village 10k outside. And what are you doing now to protect yourself with regards to that? You know, the ice, I mean, it's a form of isolation, if you like. How's your mental health? I suppose just to make sure that we get out in the evenings after work before we family to go for walks and we, you know, we cycle a bit. So just to make sure that we do get out and we're not stuck in all the time because when, when you're working only, it's very easy to work you know, that basically longer and there's a saying that you're not working from home, you're actually living in work and I did feel like that that was the situation the last couple of months. So just to get out in the evenings to make sure that you do do get out for exercise is very important. All right, okay, listen, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for taking the call, Olivia. Okay, Appreciate you. it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I can update on the list if you like or read it all out again but like I just seeing more texts coming in from Garrettstown which is impassable as well this morning. Damien has Metro Man Barbers on uh, Marlborough Street. has been badly hit this morning. Damien, good morning. How's it going, Neil? Okay, and uh, of course, uh, midnight tomorrow night is your um, D-Day, if you like. Um, as yeah. In, well, we as in doom today, as they'd say in Irish, doom today. But today's bad with the flooding, yeah? <clears throat> today's bad. Look, I mean, we, we, uh, we were hoping for uh, a couple of busy days before the lockdown, but, um, you know, I think that just the biggest problem here is, like, we, we they need to sort out the flood barrier, this thing about walls. I know you're saying it's for another day, but, I mean, the city's been destroyed. We've two, car- two carpenters in government now is the time to do it. You know, it's constant back and forth. I mean, we're, we're, we're obviously closed now. We don't know the full extent of the damage yet because we can't get into the shop. But, um, you know, people talk about the city being decimated. It, it is. It's, it's such an uphill battle anyway to have a business. Are you on top of the different proposals? One is the... Uh, I'm, I'm for the flood barrier. Like, I'm against the walls. Yeah, the walls me, me, me too, if I'm to be honest the, with you. The walls are only going to push the flooding somewhere else in the city. That's all they're going to do. And why people don't realise that, I don't know. There's a massive movement in the city, as you know, um, to get behind the flood barrier, but no one's doing anything about it. And we, uh, this is the time to do it. Were you guys prepared at all in the sense, was there any warnings yesterday? And I, I know I was talking about flooding. I didn't expect it to be this bad. But w- when, when, flooding, when flood warnings for the city and indeed all of the towns and villages I'm talking about, when those are given out, do the city and county councils have any kind of plan of action when that happens? Uh, we didn't get any notifications anyway. I mean, I suppose we. Do you have told, to keep sandbags in the back or anything? We have two sandbags in the building. That's it. Uh, we were kind of told in Marlborough Street that we we're relatively okay, so we didn't. We just saw the news and heard the news like everyone else. But um, no, nothing. I mean, I just checked the cameras this morning just to see because I'd been driving through town anyway, and uh, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Really, to be honest. But so we just have to. I don't know. I have to get in there when the, when the flood recedes and see what happens. But what, does that mean? Does that mean you're not opening today then? No, no, we won't. We won't be able to. Okay. So we, we've we've a big video on the back of the place. It's probably going to be destroyed. So we couldn't. That could be. It could be dangerous. I just don't know. I won't know until we get in there. Oh my god! Um, I'm just looking. At, I'm looking at your video footage. You've sent me um, some stills yeah. of your CCTV floors covered in water. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean you know. I know it's part of a different car, but just something needs to be done about this flooding. It's just going to keep happening. How are people going to survive for six weeks without a hairdresser's or a barber's, my man? Yeah, well, we've 
we've seven barbers and we've a beautician upstairs. Um, look, they're all going to just have to do what they've, they've, they've done it already. So there's nothing they can do about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you've had to have the conversation with staff that it's, uh, it's a furlough payment for now, is it? Ah, uh, yeah, look, the staff are great. They all understand, you know, and they're, they're delighted to get back to work, but... As I said, they were hoping for a couple of a couple of good days, but you know what can we do? It's one thing after the other. Yeah. Um, do you think that all hairdressers and barbers would play ball? I'm already hearing this morning of people saying, <laughs> "If you want to get your hair done, you'll get it done. There's people will do it for you. Don't worry about it." I'm sure there is. Look, I'm sure there is. We, you know, we, we had a bit of back and forth at the, at the first lock with that kind of stuff. But as far as we're concerned, all our barbers are on the the payment scheme with the government are sitting they're staying put there's nothing we can do um, I mean you can't stop people doing stuff from home you know our, our guys our, our guys and girls aren't doing that so as far as we're aware so you know that's all listen uh, D- Damien um, tough break today um, uh, mind yourself yeah. and mind your cheers, staff mate. cheers kid right, take, thanks care. For the call. take care text 0868104106 a lot of East Cork properties um, have been damaged this morning due to tidal flooding the county fire officers talking about the Yall area this morning the Middleton area they're talking about Bantry, they're talking about extensive flooding in areas like um, uh, East Cork and West Cork and anywhere near the Lee, to be quite honest with you, uh, but not just limited or exclusively to a city problem anymore. Just took a call from Ross, who says he was approached by American tourists on Saturday in the city. He says that they stopped him and asked him how to get to UCC. He gave them the directions and asked them, as a by the way, how long are you here? They replied that they arrived the day before yesterday. He says, how are we meant to implement the restrictions here if this is still happening? Good question. Uh, fast call then ahead of the break. Dan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, you're reporting in from East Cork. What can you see? That's right. Uh, just Whitegate Village got fairly uh, badly hit this morning. All right. Um no, I, as I, I sent you on a few pictures there in a video. The house is there on the waterfront, and there's a chipper along with pubs and a shop. No, the shop, we're kind of lucky enough to escape this, but the, the house is already got badly damaged. But sure, there's like, there's, there's what, is that six inches of foot of water or what? Uh, well, that, that was literally about 20 minutes ago now, Neil. It's uh, about half past nine, and that was after receiving, and there's still about six inches inside in the houses. And from one of the pictures there, there's an office you can see in a real estate agent. There's about six or eight inches inside there. And the chipper then, I think there's, a, there's roughly, from the from my arm, from the fire service, there's about nearly a foot inside the But oh, where did that water, where did it come from? Did it come up through the drains and the manholes or what? It comes over the, it comes over the wall, Lee. It literally over came the over the wall? Yeah, and there's one or two gaps in the wall, all right, that it, can, that it comes through there as well. Now, the Residents Association there, and I'd say especially to, to the Russells, Shane and Mike Russells, they're doing a fantastic job. That's there. the estate agents, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're part of the Residents Association here in Whitegate as well. And um, in particular, Shane, now yesterday he went out del- delivering sandbags to the residents yesterday. He started helping putting up the, the flood barriers on the front doors of one or two of the houses as well. And I'd say, literally, I'd, I'd say they're blue in the face, Neil, from, from asking for the wall to be raised and gaps in the wall to be filled in so that the water doesn't come through. Simple things, simple things. I guess you're also checking in on the elderly or those that are living alone that are shipping water inside. Oh, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of elderly people there now living in the waterfront there with the, the houses there in the pictures that I sent in. And they're literally standing at their door scooping water out with buckets and cups and stuff like that out over the flood barriers that they do have up there. Oh, my God. And the local shop and the stock inside there. I hope they manage to get it up. 
Well, the shop was okay. The shop, the shop didn't have the water in. It literally came to about three feet in front of the door because there was kind of an incline, an incline up, up a little slope into the door of that. So that hill kind of saves saves the shop from the water going in the front door of that. But the chipper, all right, is after being badly flooded. Right. Now they're lucky. They're lucky in the sense that their stock is up, is not on the floor. But uh, there is a possibility that one or two of their machines and equipment inside could have been badly damaged, all right? Tough day. Tough day for many. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Dan from Whitegate reporting in on areas like that and Middleton Fire Services servicing an awful lot of those villages this morning. Uh, lines are open to one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 Some two other stories in the papers today are talking about in the last six or seven months, there's been a surge in alcohol-related calls to the HSC helpline and uh, people are being made aware that they need to be very careful now in the next six weeks with regards to their alcohol intake. Not just that, but there's been an ever-increasing call, amount of calls also, not just for alcohol, uh, but cocaine um, and tablets, including anti-anxiety pills and things like that, where people are overusing, perhaps being over-prescribed. Um, but um, then I know that's going to be an issue with regards to teachers and the papers this morning are wondering, um, you know, and certainly their unions are a little bit concerned about teachers being asked to go into primary and secondary schools um, with regards to the precautions that are in place for them uh, for the next six weeks, particularly the INTO, who's criticized the government, who says that, um, you know, they're failing to provide a fit for purpose, fast track sector-specific COVID testing and tracing system for those that are being asked to go to work. Many of the papers talk about the pop and it's been it's back up to 350 but there are caveats now because 350 is only for people who in the, in the past or prior to all of this earned 400 euro a week. It graduates down then to 300 and 203. And then you had a few people who, um, you know, you know, there's a very unfortunate situation regarding the Garda press briefing with regards to, you know, Jojo Dollard's disappearance has now been uh, up, up, upgraded to a murder inquiry. Well, apparently, um, you know, there were Gardaí at that. There were journalists at the press briefing into the disappearance of Jojo Dollard. Now, those that were at the briefing have been asked to um, that they may have been exposed to COVID-19. There was a guard there who had been tested for COVID-19 waiting on the result who was at the press conference and then subsequently found out that he had tested positive for COVID. Of course, the, the, the guidelines say that if you are getting a test and you're waiting on results, you need to isolate, and that didn't happen. Ah, papers then today have a couple of people caught without their masks. Amongst them, Leo Varadkar. He broke the COVID-19 guidelines. He's sitting in the front seat with his driver driving his car from him. Driver has his mask on. The bold Leo, no mask on. Poor old Gary Lineker then it got caught by somebody, uh, with, I suppose he was photographed with somebody's mobile phone inside in a shop. He said to come out now and apologise last night after being spotted shopping without a mask. As the star puts it this morning, shopping without a mask after months of lecturing others uh, on the issue. Uh, there is a story from the Metro, which is uh, the uh, UK newspaper, the free one, where they talk about um, the amount of people who are dying uh, and the death toll soaring in the UK, and it has—it's uh, not from COVID nineteen, although it is a consequence of COVID nineteen. The Metro say says death tolls soar not from COVID, but from people who are dying uh, from prostate cancer, uh, par- Parkinson's, breast cancer, bowel cancer, and diabetes. The amounts uh, are catalogued and broken down and critiqued. In that newspaper this morning, it's the consequence, of course, of, um, you know, not getting treatment in hospital. Um, and then the papers also talk of non-COVID related stories. And of course, there's all sorts of jokes now and cartoons and memes doing the round of fungi 
uh, swimming up the South Mall. Fungi swimming up Oliver Plunkett Street. But the big story, of course, is that Fungi is still not located down in Dingle Bay. The chances are that uh, Fungi has um, swam out to sea to follow fish um, or, you know, shoal a salmon or something like that. And he'll come back when he's very much uh, alive. Might have gone over to the Blaskets for a few days just to, for a change of scenery. But the papers, of course, are talking about uh, all sorts of people searching from above and below the water. Some good news um, for a change with regards to uh, UCC and their students. The students' unions confirmed to the Echo that uh, some kind of an agreement has been reached to issue students who wish to return home from the rented accommodation a refund. So that's a good story making the echo today. And, you know, the court service and the court system with regards to judges and juries, in the world that we're living in, with tech advancements moving at a pace, the UK Times this morning is talking about the possibility and the potential in the future to get rid of human judges and instead to have robotic judges, robot judges on the bench. I kid you not, we have robot cars. Uh, why not this? Um, so this robot judge then will be able to determine your guilt or your innocence by your body language uh, with near perfect accuracy. And in 50 years time, that's how the legal system will operate robot judges. It's not what you say in court anymore, but it's how you present yourself, your body language, your movement, your you know, you know, the, maybe your you know, your gatch, your eyes, whether you look shifty. The robot will be able to pick up on all of those things. And there's another interesting tech story then uh, that made the Telegraph on Saturday. As people perhaps to some extent hunker down, nowhere like March incidentally, we know an awful lot more about COVID-19 now than then. But maybe you're going to be watching an awful lot more movies. Maybe you'll be watching an awful lot more box sets and downloads. Uh, maybe you'll be watching an awful lot more cartoon movies with the kids. Well, Disney now have had to put up warnings on the likes of The Jungle Book, on the likes of The Lady and the Tramp, The Aristocats, you know, other, you know, Peter Pan, Dumbo, a lot of the big Disney favorites that were made years and years ago. They, they had two choices, either to ban them or to put warnings up on them. So they've decided instead to put up trigger warnings. Um, these are films um, that now will be marked as presented as originally created, but may contain outdated cultural depictions. Um, now, some might say that the world has gone completely mad. Others might say it's not before time because they're saying that a lot of the Disney cartoon movies, um, if I were to give one example, are racist. Um, and the ones they hone in on are the Jungle Book, Peter Pan, the Aristocats, Dumbo, even the Swiss family Robinson. Culturally outdated, acceptable at the time, not acceptable now, they're saying. If you start to see warnings on the cartoons, you know, don't be alarmed. I told you about it. Lines open at one 104 106 For anyone who's interested, Smith's has a queue the length of the building. I was expecting worse, to be honest, but it's bad enough all the same. That will be Smith's and the Kinsella. Can you Can you actually blame people, you know, who are in their families and their children and Christmas is so central to them? And they have a bit of time on their hands that they might decide to get it done today rather than waiting for uh, you know, six weeks. Interesting email on that. Uh, morning, Neil. I reckon not many of us got a night's sleep last night after the new restrictions were announced. I certainly didn't. 
And what added to the worry was the thought of how I was going to buy my little girl's Christmas presents. Not the stuff that Santi will bring. Santi will sort all that out. But all the other bits and pieces. You see, my worry is because I work 9am to 6pm every day. It's impossible for me to get time to get to Smith's. Hopefully, I will get to take an hour off tomorrow if I can. I will probably be docked wages for it. But I can't have my little girl heartbroken on Christmas morning. I saw the queues in the videos of people queuing over the past two weeks. On a few occasions, I saw many of the same mums post videos on Facebook going on about the massive queues and given out about the queues. Two things I have noticed here now. These women were adding to the queues. And these women were full-time proud mammies, as they say about themselves on Facebook. What's the definition of a full-time proud mammy? A mother who has zero incentive to work, perhaps? Knows the ins and outs of all the benefits she can get? And who goes on more holidays than the Kardashians, I say. It just all looks so wrong. The likes of me who have worked all during the last lockdown and will be working for this one too, who pays more tax in a year than any of this crowd um, may not get to Smith's in time from, and I may not get to Smith's in time for my child, but they will. Sometimes, you know, I just feel like quitting my job so I can have the life of Riley like these ladies. If I did, I'd no doubt have my little girl's presents all got by now and wouldn't have any more sleepless nights. I'm an angry mum of one says Linda by email when she sees the queues and those and wonders how come you guys are in a queue and I'm at work sent that to email uh, neil at redfm.ie if you'd like to respond to it and I'm quite sure some will text 0868104106 but uh, much of this morning of course will be dominated by issues involving uh, what's going to happen tomorrow night but I want to try and accentuate the positive as well today and certainly tomorrow but ahead of that of course we had all of the flooding uh, early this morning Seamus Whelan belted it into the city this morning at this stage he should have got a good look around he joins me by phone Seamus good morning Good morning, Neil. Where are you? What did you see? Well, it's uh, a lot of the low-lying areas around. <coughs> sorry, around the city are closed to to motorists. So I'm close to the um, to the opera house at the moment. Um, but uh, I came up Patrick Street. I was able to look down towards the the, the South Mall. Is Patrick um, Street flooded, or is it just all of the, uh, the, the, the 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 spine streets, if you like, off it? It's it's a lot of the spine streets are kind of halfway up are are flooded now in the central area. What I'm calling the central area, where where you'd have Tenny's, Tongsing, it's kind of flooded both sides of 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 the road there. But it is passable uh, to motorists. Now, what I believe happened this morning when the um, high tide came at twenty past eight. Uh, about 15 minutes later, there was a torrent of, of water came down through the South Mall and, and up, uh, flooding quite a lot of businesses. So those that had um, sandbags out overnight, uh, the the water just flew up over over those. So a lot of properties that maybe took precautions, took their stock up off the floor, um, have kind of saved themselves in some way. But I'm hearing from a lot of the business owners that it's the skirting boards and the flooring that, that got damaged. Now, but you're suggesting there, I think, yep. that sandbags were ineffective then. They, they were on this occasion for some businesses because the uh, the level of water um, that that came through came up 
the uh, up through the mall was uh, just um, it, it, the, the power of the water was just too much for the sandbags to, to stop. Um, now, the, some people are saying it's the worst that they've seen in 10 years in the city. Um, and I believe the uh, the city councillor is saying that it's the, the worst that they've seen in five years. Um, now, some of the businesses on Patrick Street, like the jewellers, while I was passing up uh, tr- through there, they had the um, their doors open. They were cleaning up, and some were were ex- some other businesses were accepting customers in. There are a few people around town, but not too many. Um, but like you'd have to you, you'd have to feel for the um, for the businesses this morning. Kind of a, a double whammy. They're trying to get as much business as they can in before midnight tomorrow night. Uh, before they go into a, a second lockdown, it's be an but, uh, air of depression. Then I'd say amongst many of them. Yeah, they, 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 yes, uh, that, that's what I do, what I believe now around the county as well. There's been a lot of, of flooding. I was on to the um, county fire officer. He's telling me that there are two premises in Yall that uh, the fire brigade are dealing with that were um, hit with uh, tidal flooding. There were seven premises in Whitegate. He says... Um, Bantry was pretty much devast- uh, devastated, and uh, we believe that Castletown Bear got away with uh, got away likely. Yeah, but an awful lot of other places were hit. We um, yeah. got a whole long list of them here. It's probably receding now at this stage because high tide was nearly two hours ago. Am I right? Well, yeah, high tide was t- twenty past eight. They they were expecting to open the city at ten, uh, just after ten o'clock this morning, but because of the the, the high winds kept up. There, there was nothing receding. The where I'm parked up now, the waters are uh, starting to go back down. You've got the fire service, the civil service, and the uh, Cork uh, Cork City uh, workers out uh, trying to keep the uh, drains clear to help those waters recede. The city council are saying to stay out of the city on eleven, but I reckon it's more. It's looking more like lunchtime now, to be honest. Before uh, people should be venturing in, because people. Got- got 48 hours notice ahead of this midnight tomorrow night lockdown and level 5. I would imagine that today and tomorrow would have been very busy days for the city. Would you agree? Well, I don't know. I, like, I can see uh, a good number of people pass, uh, passing me here. I, I, I'd say um, there were probably, like, a lot would probably come in and venture in and, and, and try and get a bit of shopping and try and get those Christmas presents a bit earlier uh, because there's no guarantee that on the 1st of December we're going to come out of this. It depends on how uh, the general public um, uh, practice their social distancing, washing hands, uh, face mask etiquette, all that. If people um, do that and do it correctly and do what they're being told, yes, I can see that maybe 1st of December we can uh, have some resemblance of, of a Christmas. Um, I know some of the businesses have gone online and are encouraging people to be online and I I think you had somebody from the... Um, CBA, CorkCityShopping.com CorkCityShopping.com So what What's the and advice like, I, being I, I, given to people who want to shop today? Is it to wait another couple of hours before they decide to come in to get a few last-minute bits and pieces? I'd say wait until lunchtime okay. and uh, listen to the uh, to the updates on on Red FM, okay. and just to make sure that uh, that like things are back to normal, that the businesses that are able to open have opened, because um, like some premises may not have been able to um, open uh, because of the uh, the water damage, so um, they're. 
the businesses are just assessing that at the moment. As I said, some on Patrick Street have opened. They didn't get too much damage by the look of it, but it's the ones that are uh, the feeder roads off um, the South Mall and, and those on Oliver Plunkett Street um, also got kind of hit hit badly. Do, do you, and do then you, down around by the Opera House as well, okay. um, all low-line areas of the city. You don't know off the top of your head whether Penny's is open or not, do you? Or Brown Thomas? or um, I took a look there. They seem, their, their doors were, were closed. They haven't seemed to have opened yet. Okay. Uh, but um, I'm assuming that should be lunchtime. But they didn't seem to have got uh, to uh, pretty much... Well, pennies that have seen on the Patrick side uh, have mm. got too much damage. But then again, they've got, uh, they've got entrances on the Oliver Plunkett side. So they may, they may remain closed for the day. We'll just have to wait and see. Okay. I'll try and make my way around there and see what I see what I can find. Okay, out. have another look around there before you head off on your next journey. I think you're going to Smith's Toys, are you? Just check that out. That, that that's on that that's on the well done, on Kate. the horizon okay. as well. Okay, I'll let you right. Appreciate it. Busy morning for you, Seamus Whelan in the city. Uh, lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. We'll come back to uh, the different levels, do's and don'ts. Um, um, but first, I just want to take call because Aaron's been waiting quite a long time. Aaron, good morning. Morning. How are you? We want to pick up on a couple of points. What's on your mind? So it's the restrictions that are starting tomorrow night at midnight with the amount of people you can have at a wedding twenty-five. the amount of people you can have at a funeral, which oh. is 10. 10 at a funeral, 25 at a wedding. Yes. You have an issue with that? Yes, I have a really, really big issue because there's family um, problems at the moment and we will have a funeral in the next couple of days whether it will be today, tomorrow tomorrow, Thursday, Thursday, I'm Friday I'm very sorry to hear that so we don't know when but it is in, in, it is in the near future the problem is how the government can justify that if I get married Thursday morning at 10 o'clock I can have 25 people in the church with me but if I have a funeral at 12 o'clock in the same church. I'm only allowed 10 people. When you can't choose whether you bury a loved one or whether you don't bury a loved one, it's going to happen when... There's a difference between whether you bury a loved one or you marry a loved one. Yes. I know people that are getting married are frustrated with the last six, eight months, and I understand, but... You can be like, look, we can leave it until next year or the year after. In our situation with a funeral is the grandmother is very sick. If she dies this evening or tomorrow, it'll be tomorrow evening, Thursday. We can't stop that. And the government are punishing us for having to bury a loved one. In the sense that you can choose when you want to get married. You can't choose when you, I don't mean to be insensitive, but you can't choose when you're going to die. No, and it's I actually like, don't have an answer to that. To be quite honest with you, that's what's like great about this program. I, I I understand exactly what you're saying. It's like if the government actually thought about it, it would. Then again, they probably wouldn't have made sense to them because they don't think things true. Obviously, with this, but how they can have twenty five in a church for a wedding, and an hour later you can only have ten for a funeral, when all. We'll say in my situation, there's 15 of us, including kids, husband, wife, grandkids, and two great-grandchildren. There's 15 of us. So we've been all in the same house, you know, seeing the grandmother and whatever. 
and yet we can't go into the church come midnight tomorrow night. I have no answer to that. You're just making perfect sense. Um, they should be the same or indeed maybe the other way around. In the UK, funeral and wedding numbers or the other way around, Mark Willington is saying to my, in my ear here that in the UK, funerals are 25 and weddings are 10. Yes, and that is understandable. Or if we'll say, if you had, a, we'll say, if you had a large number of kids, if you will say, I know someone that has 12 or 14 kids. All the situations are different and no families. I know, I know. Things are ever going to be the same. Whereas a wedding you can put off, a funeral you can't. I know, I know, I know. I don't have an answer to that. I mean, it's it's the consequence of uh, level five, but you would think that it would be the same or that more precedence, would, or sorry, uh, more preference would be given to funerals when you put it well, like yeah, that. Cause you, you can't choose it. It's not up to you whether you're going to be, you, whether you're going to die now, in an hour, next year, in six weeks, in six months. It doesn't matter. You can't choose when you're going to die. I know. I know. Listen, thanks for sharing that. And again, our thoughts are with you at this difficult time, you and your family. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you very much, Neil. Okay. Anybody who'd like to contribute, text 0868104106. One of the big questions that have been asked, actually, uh, since last night is what happens if people are getting work done in the home? If you say, for instance, of a plumber or an electrician or a painter or, a, uh, you know, somebody coming into the home to do work. Well, that's all covered under construction. So, in case you didn't know, tradespeople can continue to work in people's homes under new restrictions announced by the government last night. I see a painter saying there by text a while ago, I'm painting a house and I'm going to be there for another week to 10 days. I'll be in there on my own. Can I go to work? Yes, you can. Plumbers, electricians, builders, upholsterers, painters. Uh, you just need to take precautions when entering homes for work, even where uh, people are in the home, you know, and uh, the advice to homeowners and I'm only hearing this now for the first time ever in the last few days about proper ventilation in the home in the sense of opening windows. You know, we weren't saying that for the last six months, but we are now. So, yeah, if you're a tradesperson, you can go to work and you can work in people's homes. Uh, but you have to take the precautions that, uh, you know, everybody else would take with regards to uh, washing your hands and keeping a distance from people in the home and, uh, of course, wearing a mask. Well... Many businesses and many different types of businesses did what they were asked um, and, uh, you know, it has proved to some extent to be futile. They're saying that this next six weeks is so that we can reopen um, everything again in December and have some kind of a decent Christmas for, you know, however long before we maybe have to take another move in the new year. I do not know and nobody knows and it's pointless even dwelling on that until there's a vaccine. We are where we're at. So from midnight tomorrow night, of course, um, you know, different sections of the retail and services industries will close again and amongst them, of course, will be. I was talking with barbers before 10 o'clock this morning. I got Fergal O'Connor, who's the co-owner of Origin Hair Design on Drawbridge Street. We spoke months ago. And here we are again chatting under similar circumstances where hairdressers will have to close uh, again from close a business tomorrow. Fergal, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How are you? How do you feel in spite of all of the PPE, all of the precautions, all of the segregation of clients and the perspects that you guys put up? Um, Do you feel you're being hard done by or do you get it or what? Um, look, I suppose to be honest, I can speak on behalf of all hairdressers, um, you know, in Cork and Nationwide and Barbers. We put a big effort into putting in, you know, precautions. Um, we spent a lot of money personally in our own salon 
uh, kitting it out to make it safe for our clients. Um, so we're just very disappointed today. I suppose, look, restrictions have to come in. I mean, health is going to come first for everybody. I suppose we thought we might get a bit of leeway, you know, even, even to be closing for three or four weeks, but six weeks is a long time for all the precautions we take. And at the moment, I don't think there's any, any, prob, you know, any issues being linked to hairdressers or barbers since we've opened. That's the point. And uh, in fact, many organizations, including Retail Ireland, are saying that about retail in general, particularly smaller retail, where the movement of people in and out was very much controlled. I mean, I've seen I've seen video footage in the inside of hair salons and they are quite surgical, I have to say, quite clinical, very clean. Yeah, and, and we were proud of that. We put a lot of effort into it, a lot of time. I mean, we spent a lot of money as well. Um, I mean, the priority was to keep our, our clients safe and our staff safe. And I think we've done that. I've other businesses and other hairdressers, you know. Um, okay. So it is disappointing. It but, is disappointing. But we are where we're at, and this conversation isn't going to change anything in that regard. Yeah. But um, yeah. what, what of your staff now, will they, uh, in, in hairdressing salons in general, will they go on uh, a furlough payment that the government would pay just to keep them in work? Or do you think many will be laid off? Um, no, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, we are going back into a busy time. So I would think that is, that is the, the plan at the moment. I mean, the worry is what happens after Christmas, really. You know, we have a, you know, for every business, not just hairdressing businesses, but businesses in general. I mean, the, the, the six, seven week lead up to Christmas is what covers your January and February and your quite a month before, you know, November as well. So it is a worry. I mean, it is a worry. I mean, I suppose we just have to put our head down and get on with us for what we're given. And, um, and with regard to your customers then, six weeks without a hairdo or a hair colour, or we had this back in April, of course, with regards to roots. Are we going to be looking at all that again now? People looking for no, stuff on the QT? No, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think actually people, because they stretched out to 15 weeks the last time, I don't think there's that. I mean, I, funny enough, since, since the announcement last night and people were pre-empting this announcement, um, there was a big a big demand on the phones and emails and on, on social media. And I mean, all, all I can imagine every hairdressers and barber shop at the moment are, are just working, you know, they're going to work every hour they possibly can. I mean, I know us here in Origin in the city and Wilton, we both have our full teams on. We're working our two floors in town and we're working our floor in uh, Wilton as well. And it's just what, what we can do is just all we can do is fit in what we can do in, in the time. And but are you busy it. now, even in spite of the flooding and limited access to the city, for instance? Yeah, we are. We're up. We are. We are actually thanked, and we're very, very grateful for that. Very grateful. You for figure that. that people would walk across hot coals to get to a hair salon, kind of thing. <laughs> well, our salon. None of our clients have been. All our clients who were booked in this morning are here as it is. And how will you cope then with the surge of business in six weeks' time? How will the hairdressing industry be able to cater for people? Well, I think some businesses will find it difficult. I mean, for ourselves, we have, we're very lucky in town. Particularly, we have two floors. We're normally only working on one floor. So we have that benefit. Um, we're going to have our staff working extra hours. And I'd imagine other hairdressers that don't have the space, they'll just, they'll work day and night, basically. They'll be open from eight to, eight to late and, uh, you know, seven days a week and they'll just bit shift to them. That's, that's all they can do. Okay. Okay. How will you spend um, the next six weeks, Fergal? Personally, I'm going to just, I'll get into a routine. And that's, that's what I did the last time and I'll do it again. Um, you know, I'm going to upskill myself again like I did the last time online. Um, and what will you do? Do you mind me asking when you say upskill? 
Well, I've had mannequin heads at home and I'm going to be working online. And there's a lot of training online and that became, that's been there quite a while anyway, but it became very popular over the lockdown. And that's my intention. I'm certainly not going to be staying in bed every day and watching movies and stuff like that. I will get into a routine. And I, 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 I talking to my, a lot of my staff, I hope they do the same thing and they plan to as well, you know. Um, I think that's just important for your, for your mind as well as anything else, you know. Okay, my friend, I'll let you get on because I know you're busy this morning. Thanks for stopping by, Fergal O'Connor. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Can I just say one thing as I'm on, Neil? It's just we still will be continuing or we have a wig clinic um, and I mean that is an essential uh, service to clients and that's something we will be continuing whether it be virtual appointments or consultations just to know the people are, that are going through treatment. I mean that's something that's still continuing. We'll be there to support them and if they have that's need important. of anything. Uh, that's important. Yeah. 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 People that's going through uh, you know, cancer treatment or what have you but uh, yeah. and our thoughts are with them, but pr- them exactly. and also to all of your staff that we get through this and they all get back to work. Thanks, Fergal. Thank you. Cheers. Joe's got Joseph's hair salon, Glasheen, regular contributor to the program. How are you going to spend the next six weeks? Because you don't need any upskilling. You know it all. Oh, I do need it. You know, there's always, there's always room for improvement. How are you feeling? Um, no, look, I'm a bit of a frontline worker, Neil, so I do, I'll be doing my own bit of work as well. I have a cover past the ground and I, I will be quite busy. My Sorry, day. I missed so that. What did you say? You're a frontline worker doing what? I would have a bit of frontline work to do, so I, I have a COVID pass so I can go around and I do, a, I do a bit of work myself on a voluntary basis, so I have a COVID pass to continue that. So you will work with the homeless and the vulnerable then? No, I will work special needs. I, I'm Good very man. involved with He's not, he's, I was trying to say especially because he's one of my best friends now in these grounds I've been with him for the last 30 years. Okay. And we grew up with spins and things like that. So that'll be very important for the next few weeks to get him out as a lot of guys in that situation, a lot of people, especially he's are going to really need a lot of help at the moment. But when you come um, back in six weeks' time, you'll be hammered, won't you? Hammered, absolutely. I say Trump Towers won't be big enough to get people in. <laughs> we, we'll walk 24 hours there. Again, literally, Neil, it'll be one of those times now that we just, you know, heads down and keep going because I feel... And how do you feel about the fact that you did everything that you were asked for and, uh, you know, the... Uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that hair salons were fairly safe places to be, a lot safer than supermarkets, but the supermarkets stay open and you guys don't. You know, Neil, we really did everything and, I, you know, even to leave people in for four minutes every day, I would have three or four people in at a time but everything done and I was very, very disappointed because I thought we might be kept open because it's very much a one-to-one, you know what I mean? And we had the mask with everything done with all the guidelines done and yet then the GA can go off and play a match and they can all jump on top of each other and yet they're still left there, you know what I mean? And of course, I mean, the hair is important but also, um, you know, social isolation and contact and going in for chatting a cup of coffee and meeting people all that's been yeah, taken totally. away the same those uh, man of sense I think it's essential for people's mental health I mean you could come into Joe's as totally depressed and you go out like skipping around the place and people say that to me and thank God we're back and you know I always try to make it a bit of a crack even on the radio and saying because don't worry we'll be back for Christmas Santa will be here you know just trying to be positive because we have to be positive right? and you what's know? your and, message and then as a local business then with regards to people who might be tempted now uh, to shop online and send a load of money out of the country? I would say no, shop local. I would definitely say no. Come into us, come into any other hairdressers, bars, restaurants, buy vouchers, 
um, by retail. We have everything that anybody else would have in other countries. There's no need to be buying stuff online and we have good we have good value. But definitely, like, you know, I live in Douglas, so I'd go up to Barry's, up to Jono's and all those places and buy vouchers for presents for people this year. This is my thing now to shop local. Okay, my friend. Um, all the best to you and your staff for the coming weeks. Yes, and thank you very much. And you mind yourself too, my friend. Take care and as always. Great man himself, Joe from Joseph's Hair Salon in Glasheen and Fergal from Origins. With regards to, what did she call herself? One angry mum, Linda, who is very annoyed at the Cues and Smiths easy knowing. She says that they are full-time proud mammies, uh, whereas she's got to work and can't get in to join those long queues. A couple of responses to that. I think it's very unfair of what that woman, Linda, said about stay-at-home mothers to make a sweeping statement, generalizations, and saying that all stay-at-home mothers are on benefits is just ignorant. My mother is a stay-at-home mom and my dad works. We don't get any government assistance. My mom works hard and her role as a mother shouldn't be diminished because this woman chooses to work. Uh, A few years ago, being a mother was the most important job. Now, if you want to stay at home to raise your children, your children, you are considered lazy? Really? Modern feminism has ruined motherhood. I, for one, will want to stay at home with my kids. I know for some this isn't viable, therefore the government should be doing more to support mothers who want to stay at home. Does it ever occur to people that some women want to spend time with their children? Is that so wrong? Please don't give out my details. Send by email to neil at redfm.ie. Somebody else says, damn right, Linda. Well said. Uh, Neil, tell that Linda, who can't get shopping because she's working full time, that Smith's is open till 11 o'clock so she can head in there when she's finished her job like many other people have to do who work as well. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. One of the big differences this time around as opposed to the first time around seven months ago is that uh, the elderly uh, in particular are not being told to cocoon. Uh, it won't be a case of uh, looking through uh, windows at uh, grannies or granddads or anything like that this time around. Uh, those aged over 70 and the medically vulnerable are advised for sure to continue to exercise personal judgment and it's recommended that they stay at home as much as possible but none of this cocooning and staying in your in your back garden. It's winter time now. That wouldn't work. But they are being asked uh, elderly people and say for instance people who are medically vulnerable uh, to uh, limit engagement to small networks. Um I just wanted to mention this, actually, because this is where the the whole area of this um, bubble, this support bubble comes in. So what we know at this stage is that people are being asked to stay at home um, as much as possible and indeed to work from home uh, unless you're providing an essential service or a job where you physically need to be in the workplace. But other than that, work from home, uh, stay at home, exercise within a radius of five kilometers of your home. Now we're expecting some kind of an announcement from the government uh, to talk about passing legislation to fine people. Um, not 100% comfortable with that, I have to say. There'll be a penalty for movement outside the five clicks, um, except for those who have um, you know, exemptions for essential work, as I say, but anybody else could well get a fine and we have to work out what it will be. Now, you know, in level five, schools will stay open, early learning will stay open, childcare services will continue because they're deemed to be uh, essential services. So it's about uh, keeping... I mean, it's very interesting. You you keep the... I'm just thinking out loud here now. I mean, uh, take it as it will. You keep the schools open because they're deemed essential for education, but they'll be of little help to anyone 
if the parents of the kids have no money and have no jobs, right? So it's, it's a pity things didn't work out better in that regard over the past few months. Uh, no visits to other people's homes, no visits to other people's gardens. But this support bubble this is a big difference to last time around because they're saying that you can, in a support bubble, it's almost like extending your household to another household. And a good example of that would be if you had an elderly person or a person who was isolated and living alone, right? They can become part of your family bubble where you and them can visit each other, right? Not others, but each other. Like if there was a single mother who was rearing children, as an example, on her own or on his own, but I think you know what I mean by that, then another family, another household could team up with that single parent or that elderly person and wouldn't even have to be a relative uh, and become part of the one bubble. Um, I hope I'm explaining that. If I'm not, do come back to me and I can maybe drill into a bit more. So there's no social, no family gathering should take place except for weddings and funerals. And we understood earlier on why that seems unfair. A wedding can have 25 and a funeral can have 10. You can meet with one other household in an outdoor setting, but it cannot be in your home and it cannot be in your back garden. So you meet with one other household, say up to six people, in a park um, or for a run. You know, you run with a buddy or what have you. Uh, no organized indoor or outdoor events at all. Only the essential retail and essential services remain open and we can go through all of that list Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, but I'm quite sure you have an idea what it is. It's like the last time. Public transport's down to 25%. Uh, and they want people who are using public transport to be only those who are using it for essential services to get to work. Uh, school transport, that continues. Both school buses. And I guess you can drive your kids to school. But bars and cafes and restaurants and all the wet pubs, that's just going to be takeaway. Or indeed where a bar, a restaurant, uh, or a pub just delivery they can deliver to you but you ain't going to be having any more drinks outside or food outside that's gone and hotels and guest houses all the B&Bs that will be only for people who are staying there and the people who are staying there should be only those involved in essential services uh, and I just explained there about the over 70s and uh, the, the vulnerable so we know about that uh, all your religious services now move online all of the museums and galleries and cultural attractions and libraries and things uh, they all close or they move online but Outdoor playgrounds and play areas and parks, they'll all remain open. Uh, and unfortunately, long-term residential care suspended, except for critical and compassionate circumstances. And that would be something that I hope you'd be able to work out if you feel that you needed to make a critical or a compassionate visit to a loved one in a residential care setting. I hope that you'd be able to work that out <coughs> with the residential care setting itself. So... They're the, they're the big money items, if you like. Uh, you can drill into the small minutiae of it uh, if you wish yourself. But if I'm missing anything, then text 0868104106. But uh, the support bubble is very different. That's very different to last time around. And thank God that's there, if nothing else. Okay, what have we got? Um, okay, i got eight minutes. Two calls, guys, just this side of 11. William, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Nice to catch up with you again, my friend. Nice um, to catch up with you again. Now, the only thing I'd worry about now, um, the last lockdown was okay because I have to go to, to South and Family to see the consultant every you're day. In, you're in a wheelchair with the past four years septic. or so um, because yeah. of polio, arthritis. And septic arthritis. And yeah. um, there's talks now that I will maybe losing the left leg. Amputation? Yeah. Just talks on that, yeah. And I'll know more on Wednesday, the 4th of November. I'll know more. How do you feel about that? Um, just, just have to do it. 
um, I'm going to go ahead with it if it's going to if it's going to save if it's going to save my life and prolong it. Of course, I'm going to go ahead with it. Yeah, I've yeah. no choice. It, it, I have a bad infection. If that get into the system, that could take me, and I don't want that to happen. So it's a price you're willing to pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want mm. to give it a go. Yeah, I know loads of people that have uh, have only one leg or no legs. So, like, I mean, um, you know, it just be the same as the rest of everything. One leg is better than no life, I suppose. Exactly, that's it. That's it. So you need to stay as positive as you can now. In fairness, like I know that you love to. I know you love to visit your late wife. She's on St. Finbar, isn't she? Yeah, she's in St. Finbar's. Yeah, I, I, I met you over there a couple of months ago. You were there was somebody you were briefing in your own family, That's and right. I, I think I spoke briefly to you. That's right. And right. Um, mother-in-law you know, died. She's buried out there with her husband Ned Lenahan. Yeah. Well, that's uh, you know that at least they're together now, and that's all I can say in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I go to the wife's grave still. I go there, well, depending on the weather, it could be four, six days, depending, not, not today anyway. Unless the weather clears, I will go. And will you be within five kilometres? I think I will. I think I will. I don't think Finbar's is that uh, far from where I am. I live just down the road from my here in Corrigan State. Ah, you are, for sure, for God's sake. Oh, yeah, no. I, 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 I spoke to last time, and I was allowed to go to the Southern family because I have to go there. But only for the bus drivers working all that all through the last lockdown, you'd have been in big I'd, trouble, wouldn't you? I'd have been in big trouble. Oh yeah, big time, big time. I ordered them to, to drivers, men and women. You know, I'd have been in big, big trouble. Now, how do you feel about the next six weeks? Um, I'm going to get through the same as the last one. I just try and get out as much as I can, and you know, I'll listen to your program there and listen to the radio at night and look at a bit of telly, and um, I just get out the boat. That's all I can do. Yeah. Will you will you be able to stay in touch with friends or buddies and stuff like that? Um, I'll be able, on the phone, yeah. I'll be able to ring one or two of them on the phone, but I won't I won't there won't be anyone allowed in, but that's fine. I, no, but I'll, you see I'll that's that's where you're wrong now, you see, because the support bubble covers you on your own. Does it? Yes it does, you see, and I think people need to be aware of that. If you're on your own and you're at risk of social isolation, um you can hook up with another household to be part of their extended household. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great idea. Because the only ones coming to me are the home help in the morning and evening. That's the only ones I see. But then if the weather is fine, I'm up and about. You know, I go off out, I go down to Murphy's Farm and I could go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's been no cutback in home help because of all of this. Is there no? You're still getting... I don't think there is. There wasn't the last time I asked them now that this morning and they said no business as usual. The only, the only, the only cutbacks I'm told are by families who requested less or no visits, but... The home helps or the, I'm the told... The home helps walked through the last they did. and uh, walked through this one as well, Neil. Yeah. Okay, There's okay. No, and even in the Southern family now, when I was going to see the consultant, they moved the COH outpatients out to the Southern family. And what they did was they had them downstairs and they had the orthopedics upstairs. That's the way they walked at the last time. And it worked very well. Okay, okay. Well, look, if there's anything you need, um, if you feel any way like you need to pick up the phone, don't hesitate to do so. And think about that support bubble. If there's another family or a household or people that you know that you you could team up with, you can hang out with them, they can hang out with you. Nobody else, though, because it's almost like you become part of someone else's family. Do you understand that? I do, yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, so have a think about that. I do, yeah, and I go out anyway most days, you know, I, um, I don't stay in the house all day at all, I go off out myself. 
look after yourself and uh, let me know how the operation goes if it happens alright I will I'll let you know I'll give you an update on Wednesday week how it goes and I'll bet uh, I'll link back in with you again I'll be here God willing take care William cheers for now take care Neil and thanks for taking my call bye God bless Victoria good morning hello how are you do you want to pick up on support bubbles is it yeah um I know a few people like myself now that I moved to the city recently. I don't really know anyone that would be close enough to be in a bubble with me as so they have their own families and, and whatnot. Now, my family is way down in West Cork, way out of the 5K. Are you on your own? I'm on my own. With kids or and just on your own? No, just, just myself. And obviously, with not being able to work, can't go for coffee, can't go to the gym. I mean, my... I'm I'm young, Joe. I can do video calls and whatnot, and I'm mentally stable as, as much as it can be at the time. But my bubble, the closest bubble that I could possibly go to, is nearly two hours away. You know so that there's not. That the, the, this is the vague aspect of this uh, bubble support system because they say that. Uh, that a support bubble isn't limited to five kilometers, but it would be. Would it be limited? Would it be? Would two hour drive be allowed? I don't know. Yeah, because like that's what I was thinking, Joe. If if I am driving, Joe, I would be going from my place to the car, not even taking public transport straight to my family. But I mean, with the talks of being fined for going outside the the five kilometers and whatnot, like where does that leave us? I I can't be the only person that that has moved away from. From family and your family. your household are those closest to you or a two hour drive away. Yeah, would that yeah. be permitted? Can we check that on gov.ie? Perhaps um, because that needs clarification. Um, but yeah, you, um, but you under normal circumstances, your friends up here, do you? Um, not not anyone that I could bubble up with. It's only recently, as I said, I moved. So they're they're acquaintances. Really, they're. And anyone that that I would be friendly with, they have their own families to to bubble up with. So, you know, I, I would be an extra an extra household. I so guess, like I, how, I don't know anyone. Okay, so if you can't drive the two hours to meet your own family, and you recently moved up here, how are you going to cope for the next six weeks now on your own? I don't know. Um, Read books and then go for walks in the rain. <laughs> uh, like that's what I'm saying. I I myself I like I'm young. I can I can figure this out. It's only six weeks. We have video calls. You know, we have all that. But are you apprehensive though? Are you are you anyway worried about isolation or anything like that? Well, I'm sure it it, it will be along along six weeks. You know, it it is nice to be able to socialize and. I'm, I'm sure I'll be okay, but on the other hand, you know, it's winter time. It's it's not the same as last time where you could go explore the country and, you know, it's going to be raining. You'll be indoors. I don't Very know. true. And are you working for the next six weeks through this? No, no. Um, I'm a hairdresser, so I won't be working. So either. why don't you go back west or wherever I, it is? I I could, but there's not much. There's much, much space for me, Joe. There's a reason I, I moved out in the first place. So, And if I move, I lose my apartment here. Joe, I, I can't afford to be paying while I'm living out of my savings as it is. But If you if go, you'd have for to six pay. For weeks, yeah. I, I lose. I either have to pay 
and not be there or or um, lose a place. So I'm saying, like I'm saying, Joe, it's, it's not a huge deal for me. As I said, I've, Actually, I'm sure I'll be okay. But I know. I, I mean, you're, you're, you're not, it's not the poor me. It's just it's just you know what yeah, life will be just, like through the next. Would it be a reckless thing to say that there's sometimes that you know a, chatting with a stranger can be a powerful thing, um, or is that is, would that be unsafe? That like somebody in a park, if you were walking in a park with a cup of coffee and somebody spotted you on your own, they might say, "Well, she's on her own for a reason. I should have a chat with her." Or um, is that yeah, right? well, is that reckless? I, like I'm just wondering. I, I would agree with you. I would like I I chat to all. You know that's that's why I think I'll be okay. But yeah, on the other hand. How do you know who who you're talking to? Do you know, and that's the thing. You know, listen. Um, um, yeah, d- d- do stay in touch, and uh, if if I bet you, I get people wanting to bubble up with you. Well, I let you know who they are if they do. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. And I mean, even that comes with its own worries, you know. But anyway, if I do hear, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, no, I just a thought to for for people to get answers because I'm sure I'm not the only one in, in, in this position. That bubbles, support bubbles don't, won't work for everybody. All right. Thanks, Victoria. Yeah. Cheers for now. Take okay, care. thank you. Thanks. Bye. Uh, can we clarify that actually can, uh, with regards to a sport bubble, sorry, a support bubble uh, and the 5K rule? Back after these. Gorg's Red FM, officially Ireland's music station of the year. And we continue our initiative with Cork Hotels, uh, particularly when things uh, kickstart again in December. Your opportunity to take a break for Cork's sake. We have 12 different selected hotels on board and you will win a two-night bed and breakfast stay for two of you in one of the 12 Cork hotels. Um, and you're listening out for another song that was played on breakfast this morning. When you hear it again sometime between midday, now and midday, get on the phone uh, and you could well win for yourself a two-night B&B stay in one of the 12 Cork hotels that we have listed. We won't know until you win, and then we'll let you know what hotel it is. But here's a clip of the song you're listening out for, not now, but sometime between now and midday today, all right? This is your take a break for Cork's sake song. Well, you don't have to wear your best big smile, don't You're going to hear that again between now and midday uh, today. Get dialing then, James Bay. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Just uh, doing a bit of research, and thanks to the lads who did this for me with regards to this uh, support bubble. Um, the five-kilometer travel restriction does not apply to support bubbles. So I hope Victoria and others who are living alone, uh, perhaps a single parent, somebody who is uh, living on their own and would be worried about depression or social isolation over the next six weeks, you can uh, hook up with one other household. And not much of this actually is being done in good faith, you know, using a degree of cop on. But the five kilometer travel restriction does not apply to that. So in Victoria's case, you would be OK to visit your, your family who are a distance away from the city. Um, but the people that you visit, the other household, they have to limit their contact to you and you alone. They can't be teaming up and socially bubbling with others. You know, it's just you and them um, in this kind of exclusive extended household group. I'm hoping that that makes sense. Anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I'm always uh, happy to talk to somebody who says that I'm being brainwashed or haven't a clue what I'm talking about. I think John may be amongst them. John, good morning. 
<laughs> it's not a personal thing Neil. that's it's okay my friend I'm paid for it don't you worry Prendeville <laughs> is brainwashed who's brainwashing me well, <laughs> I just, I just like to know Nefid are brainwashing in country I emailed them and I emailed Tony Holland I worked in microbiology myself for 20 years and I ran a wellness fair so I've been at both sides of the fence and I'm quite angry that people haven't asked a lot of obvious questions, you know, samples, for instance, they go to Germany, who controls those? Is it lab accredited? Is there control samples being done? You know, you have to test the competency and uh, the validity of the test, and it's such an important test. I think people are asking enough questions, you know? The tests are Irish tests now, aren't they? No, but I mean, the, the, the swabs are going to Germany, and there is no control by the HSC or NEFID over what's happening in Germany. You understand? Uh, I worked in the lab myself. I don't think. Are they still going to Germany? Well, I believe they are. I wouldn't be 100% sure, but the samples that did go to Germany, like who controlled or uh, who verified the results? Is that lab accredited? Is it doing the same test method, method as the virology lab is doing in Dublin? Is it doing the same test as St. Finbar's? I don't know, but people should ask more questions, you know. NEFET don't seem to be accountable to anybody. But who should they be accountable to? They should be accountable to you and me, the taxpayers, of course. I know, but sure, I'm not medically um, trained to be able to second-guess NEFED. I mean, NEFED will be well, working uh, in conjunction with the WHO. And I went to the trouble of getting the test method needed, so I'm quite interested in this because I walked in that area. I know, but you need to have your facts. 90% of the tests that are done for coronavirus, 90% of them are being tested and the results are all done in Ireland. Well, is that is that is that a clear fact? Do you know that for a fact? We're just fact checking. I have to. Fa- we have to fact check everybody now at this stage, and everything. Oh, I know that. Say. I know that. Yeah. So you know, I mean, like you can't. Like, you can't say, for instance, the debts that Tony Holland shouts out every evening. I would love to see what's written on those people's debts. Ah, well, that's a valid. No, that is That is a valid concern. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a very valid concern. Yeah, but none of that, none of that, none of that believes, leads me to believe that any of us are being brainwashed. How are we being brainwashed? I mean, a life is a life. It's still sacred and it's special. A life is a life, Neil. I understand and I know a man that died with it. Yeah. And I'm not a a cruel person, but people need to ask more questions. I mean, if you were walking in a job and someone told you A, B, C, and you just go along and do everything you're told like a puppet, everybody must ask questions. Everybody must question things nowadays. Because there's honesty is lacking big time in Ireland. I've been through different situations, and and I can I, I can say that honesty is lacking in Ireland he, all he, over Ireland. Here's and, the deal: unless somebody comes up with a better alternative, maybe you have a better alternative to what's being proposed. Are you saying herd immunity was the way to go? No, Are no, you saying that there's always going to be consequential deaths in the event of a virus? And we like, are you talking about the Swedish model? Like, should the Swedes don't even well, believe maybe, in masks? They don't even do believe in masks. Us, do they tell us how many people died with cancer from February? They don't. Do they tell us how many people died with heart attacks? They don't. I know people that are afraid of their life come outside their door because they've been terrified by all these um, figures every evening. I think they should go out in a, in a different way and not scaremonger too many people. As you know, businesses in Cork, they've floods. They're the virus. Now they've floods. Now they're in lockdown. How much more can people take? 
I, un- I understand everything you're saying and uh, there are many people dying from other illnesses and they're not getting the treatment that they need and deserve exactly. and others are dying exactly. by suicide exactly. and others are dying by depression and others are wasting exactly. away with loneliness but give me a better alternative. How do you mean a better alternative? I, I, I appreciate all the things you're saying but this is the plan they've come up with. Do you have a better one? I think they need to have the scales a bit more balanced economy-wise, you know? Yeah, yeah. With regards to retail and people's jobs. Exactly, exactly. And I think people... I go to a gym myself. He has three gyms. And he is dealing with mental mental well-being. And he's doing a very good job. He spends a lot of money. He has a temperature card as you go in. He has a diary records on him. You sanitize your hands first. Then you... Get your temperature recorded. Then you sign the book. And would the gym then? I I, I think that's a very valid argument to make. The gyms are important for physical and and mental health. They should have been kept open. This man is doing a great, great job. Not because I know him, but I I watch it because I see things that other people wouldn't see because I worked on microbiology. But everything is doing their level best. And as a microbiologist, then, how would that be one into the gym, one out, sanitize the equipment every time? Is no, it? He, uh, he, yes, yes. Every time you use a piece of equipment at night, it's sanitized. And if you're not sure you sanitize it yourself, but you watch who has had the machine before you. And obviously, the part of the machine that the person is holding is, is the most important I'd see, you know. Yeah, so so gym equipment would be safer than cans of beans inside in a supermarket aisle then? Well, well, cans of beans haven't been sanitized like the gym equipment that I see being sanitized. Yeah, but you see people picking them up and putting them down and checking the price of things and checking the ingredients, putting well, them back in. The- but Neil, have they done swabs of, can of cans of beans? Have they done swabs of sliced pan paper? Have they done swabs of all these things that they say the virus lives on for so many hours? Have they? If they haven't, they should anyway, just from the point of view of well, research. They should, Niall, yeah, they, they should, and they should have facts, because they're saying that the virus lives on this, that, and the other for so many hours. I wouldn't be, I haven't done any swabs, but I just wonder, where are they getting that information, you know? So do you believe then that jobs and people's mental well-being is more important than, say, for instance, people contracting and, by and large, the vast majority of them recovering from covid Yes, I think, Niall, and they don't tell us how many, I asked that, how many healthy people died from the virus. Um, it's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah, you can, I, I, can, I can get that information for you. I'd need to, yeah, I need to drill into question, it. Um, I asked scientific questions because I'm very interested in it. I got, I went to the trouble of getting um, the method from a, a prominent microbiologist that, that worked in UCC, and I'm very interested in this, and I... I want everybody obviously to live and everybody be treated properly and everybody to tell the truth. Basically, you know. And everybody's job if it if at all possible be protected. Yeah, okay. I'll get that um, I think no, everybody you, you could get you could get that info if if you if you if you tried. Yeah. Probably yeah. And you can see as well people are wearing masks and cows, people are wearing masks walking in the street. People are wearing more masks now, I think, than they were wearing in um February and March, and the cases are rising, rising, rising. And the WHO is saying now that lockdown doesn't solve the the, the, the health problems. And they said it's the staff, February and March, don't wear masks. They're not protective. So everyone must be very confused. I'm confused anyway. 
Okay, I'll, I'll check out that information that you're looking okay, for with nice. regards to recoveries and stuff like that. But thanks for taking the call, John. Um, and, and thank you too, Nile. I, I will say that I do try and hear from all sides of this discussion and all sides of, uh, you know, the debate uh, as best I can. Sometimes I get hammered for giving the other side and then I've been called a puppet of Nefert and puppet of the government and then... A lot of the times I've been called a conspiracy theorist and an anti-masker and stuff like that, but that comes with the job. But uh, I think there's an awful lot more balance um, on commercial radio than you'll ever get from a state broadcaster. I mean, you can watch your 6-1 news and you can watch your your 9 o'clock news and you can watch your prime time and even watching Claire Byrne last night and other stuff like that. And I didn't hear anybody else, uh, apart from Claire Byrne, who asks difficult questions. I understand that. But I never see both sides of this discussion being entertained at a national level. And, and if they are, it's very few and far between. Um, it just seems to be very much a government and uh, a, a Neffet mantra. That's just my own interpretation of it, my own observations and what I've seen myself. Mind you, you can watch too much of the stuff as well, can't you? Uh, back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Uh, the COVID tracker gives you a limited amount of information. It tells you about the people in the past 24 hours that went into hospital. Uh, there was 41 with COVID-related issues, but there was 25 came out in the past 24 hours. So 41 went in around the country, 25 came out. And that means that uh, we have 315 hospital-confirmed COVID cases. But they are not people in ICU. You know, there was three admissions into intensive care. But there was two came out in the past 24 hours. And the amount of people in the country now in intensive care units for COVID-19 stands at 32. So while there is traffic in, I have to say there's a quite substantial amount of uh, of traffic out. So you can drill into lots of different information, which I'll continue to do um, and uh, come back to it throughout the course of the morning. Uh, so we've done a lot there on the support bubble. And at least that's, um, you know, some piece of optimism for people who uh, might feel that they're on their own like they were back in March and April. That isn't the case. Nowhere near that. Listen, there's no queues uh, at Smith's Toys like there was yesterday and right across the weekend. Seamus Whelan was out around Smith's Toys on uh, the Kinsale Road there. No large queues as in previous days to get into Smith's. There are a few in the store, all right, but seem to be people seem to be a lot calmer. Well, at least at quarter past 20 past 11 in the morning. That may change as the day goes on. Um, now, Th- that full-time Proud Mammy's text email from earlier on, I'll, I'll read that out again uh, because you may well have missed it because I'm st- seeing texts on it, but I read it out quite early in the program where it was an angry mum with regards to Smith's for the past few days. She says, I reckon not many of us got a night's sleep last night after the new restrictions were announced. I certainly didn't. And what added to the worry was the thought of how I was going to buy my little girl's Christmas presents. Now, again... Bear in mind that Santi and the elves and Mrs. Claus, they're all doing the business up in the North Pole. Uh, but it's the extra presence that Santi won't bring. Uh, she says, you see, I work nine to six every day. It's impossible for me to get time to get to Smith's Toys. Hopefully, I'll get to take an hour off tomorrow if I can. I will probably be docked wages for it if I ask for an hour off, but I can't have my little girl heartbroken Christmas morning. Uh, I saw the queues and the videos of people queuing over the past two weeks. On a few occasions, I saw many of the same mums post videos on Facebook going on about the massive queues and giving out about them. Two things I've noticed here now. These women were adding to the queues themselves and these women were full-time proud mammies, as they say about themselves on Facebook. Full-time proud mammies. What's the definition of a full-time proud mammy, I ask? A mother who has zero incentive to work, perhaps, knows the ins and outs of all the benefits she can get and who goes on more holidays than the Kardashians. 
it's just all so wrong. The likes of me who have worked all during the last lockdown and will work all through this one, who pays more tax in a year than any of this crowd uh, and who may not get to Smith's in time for my child. Sometimes I feel like quitting my job just so I can have the life of Riley like these ladies. If I did, I'd no doubt have my little girl's presence all got by now and wouldn't be having any more sleepless nights. Angry mum of one, uh, says Linda. Um, and there were responses this morning and there's more, um, which I will come back to, but just one or two fast texts on it. Well said, Linda. No problem for the mothers staying at home. Don't expect the government to maintain their life- lifestyle. Not quite sure what that means. If uh, um, you know, Just tuned in and a lot of talk about stay-at-home mums, but in fact you should be referring to stay-at-home parents. I'm a stay-at-home father. And yes, I get the comments like Linda's too. More and more fathers are stay-at-home. Don't forget that. Uh, hey, Linda, I was talking to a working mother once and she said going to work is great as it gets her away from the kids because if she had to stay at home and actually mind them, she'd crack up. That's not you by any chance, is it? Says a texter to Linda. Texting 0868104106. Okay, so we'll come back to those calls and texts again. I just want to break back into the flooding from this morning, which is devastating for many towns and villages and indeed many areas of the city that got hammered by flooding and high water. Um, we'll go to line four first, actually, down to Oliver Plunkett Street, down to Sheena, who's got Sheena's boutique on Oliver Plunkett Street. Sheena, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. How are you? What's it been like this morning? It's, I suppose, being honest with you, it was devastating earlier on this morning. And um, I suppose the news last night was one blue. And this morning, walking up out of a block of street and not knowing what we were going to face, pretty devastating, I'll be very honest with you. You must have been in um, in, in Wellington Boots, were you? Um, no, unfortunately, I forgot to bring my boots. So oh, I wasn't. worse again. I was in a pair of runners. And have you damaged? Um, no, we've been fortunate enough. We just had a couple of inches of water in our door um, and we've got a slight amount going in our door, so we've been quite lucky. But unfortunately, there has been different for one of us. Punga Street have been very, very badly flooded. So I'm actually shaking because it's it's all we need. It's just been devastating, I'll be honest with you. So let me just pick up on that. You're, you're devastated because of the two days left in trading before midnight yes. tomorrow night, yeah? Yeah, because I, you know, today and tomorrow are two very important days for trade. Um, people, you know, we were trying to encourage people to come into the city and support local businesses. And these two days are very, very important to us. So now, being honest with you, today's a white out because the city is pretty devastating. Um, now, it's drying up and the city council are working really, really hard to clear the streets and clean the streets down. They've been actually pretty amazing. But we actually need the relief plan. We need to get movement on the relief plan. You know, it's, it's something that should, you know, should be up and running. At this because stage. another flood will come and another after yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And being honest with you, it's, you know, it's like OPW is 150 million Cork cities, you know, the, 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 the relief that, you know, the, the money that the plan that they were, they were putting towards this. It's been objected by Faith Cork City and it's just, it's ridiculous because we really need the support and we've got no insurance. So if we get flooded in the morning, we've no insurance, we've no cover. Can I just ask you, was there any, was there any advance warning of this, say, yesterday with regards to, you know, sandbags or anything like that? 
Yeah, there was advance warning. We all got texts or some, you know, we have been, there was advance warning. Um, and we had our floodgates up, we took all the precautions, but you know, when a flood comes this morning, at, within five or ten minutes, at about 20 to nine, the surge just came. It just came so fast and, and suddenly the street was flooded, the shops were flooded. What so, message would you like to put out to people, the people of Cork? I know that there's um, uh, a particular website that's been set up by the CBA to encourage people to shop online with local businesses. I mean, what's the message now um, with regards to you guys being closed for six weeks? Well, just support local businesses. Um, you know, we're all going to be working behind the scenes. We all have our up and running. Like, like I don't have a website, but I have a very active web, uh, Facebook and Instagram page. And we're all going to be working behind the scenes. So just support your local businesses is what I'm trying to get out there to everybody. Would you be asking people maybe to hold on to some money for the start of January, perhaps? Um, Sorry, you know, my, my apologies. Start of December. <laughs> Well, you know, I would like people to try and support business over the next six weeks, um, if they can at all, because we all need to keep going as well. And obviously, hopefully, we'll all be up and running again in early December. Um, so keep your money for local businesses. And obviously, we need to we need to keep our jobs open as well. So, you know, we need to keep people employed. So we need to support, court people need to support um Local businesses. More so than ever. Yeah. More so than ever, yeah. But also, would you say that today isn't a write-off, say from lunchtime onwards, businesses no, will be opening and tomorrow right. is all day as well? Listen, p- businesses are open now. Those who didn't get flooded, businesses are open now. Cork City is open now. So, being honest with you, it's not a write-off. And we encourage people to try and come into the city and support the businesses of today and tomorrow before we go into lockdown. Thanks, Sheena. Look after yourself. Right, Appreciate thanks. you taking the call. Sheena Bye. from Sheena's Boutique on Oliver Plunker Street, just around the corner there, the beautiful Winthrop Arcade. Beautiful shopping arcade. Probably the first shopping arcade in the country. And Carol has best of buds in there. Carol, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And you're just um, on the entrance there on Winthrop Street and also yeah, Oliver Plunkett Street. Yeah, so, uh, did you? Um, other businesses. D- yeah, yeah. Did you miss the flooding, or what happened? Um, no, I think we we arrived in for work for work two of us this morning, and um, it seemed it was crazy over on George's Key. And when we came into Winthrop Street, it was trickling in, and we actually walked in, and we were in our runners. But very very soon, the water just started to to pour in, and actually, it was quite quite frightening. Um, I heard people say before that an overload of water can be um, as frightening as fire, and it was that because it started to come in on both sides of the arcade pouring in and it started to come in the back hall as well so there was water coming from everywhere um, so we, we we just tried our best to keep brushing it out and keep brushing it out so it wouldn't go into the five other businesses that are in here and then the other business owners couldn't get into the arcade um, and it was it was um, as Sheena said she's shaking and I would tell you it's, it takes a lot to make me rock but it, it rocked my station this morning and I'm, I'm quite stressed quite quite stressed because you were there witnessing yes. high tide at about yes. 20 past yes. half past eight yes 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 and it just started to to just to pour in and then the, the council came and they put the sandbags down they built a sort of a, a sandbank across the arcade and um, just kept the water um, some way some way out and we just continued brushing um, but we're just really 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 stressed you can imagine last night um, getting the news last night and wondering this morning how we were going to cope and come in and say to the staff this is how we're going to operate yeah. but this morning we came in and said listen it's all hands on deck you know and, it's, like, uh, it's like midnight oh we're going to close you for six weeks weeks and if that's not bad enough here's a flood 
Absolutely, absolutely. And somebody asked me earlier, another reporter asked me earlier, how do you feel about COVID and closing for, for six weeks? And I think, yeah, we, we've all got to do what we need to do to, to keep our country safe and healthy. You're not deemed essential, no, Flowers? Um, um, I wouldn't. I would think, yes, essential for the heart and the soul, most definitely. And our phone hasn't stopped ringing um, this morning, hasn't stopped ringing. But surely you can do delivery, click and collect and all yes, that. Yes, yeah. um, we're, going to, we're going to attempt that. But to be honest, that was the plan when we came in this morning, but we just came in and we were like emergency services. So we haven't uh, a few more cups of coffee and I think we'll, uh, we're all proud owners of New Wellies. We'll sit down and have a think and say, okay, how do we drive on? But I think we're having to dig very, very deep in the old reserve tank at the moment and um, it's kind of running dry, you know. I think a lot, you see a lot of other little traders around this morning and um, they're absolutely, it's destroyed. And we need the momentum of other shops to, to keep it good for all of us, you know. And is it because you did everything you were asked to do? You have small yes. businesses yes. and people yes. were safe and absolutely. you feel penalised now? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think, quite honestly, I think the people who had scant regard for level three will, people, will be the people who will have scant regard for level five. Because as in retail, we see the public coming in and their behaviour all of the time. And there are people out there who they just, I'm sorry to say, Neil, they just don't give a damn and they don't get it. There's a percentage of people. And can you, you know, teach an old dog new tricks? Can you put a, uh, an old head on young shoulders? But I suppose the, the risk there is those people who don't give a damn or scant regard, um, they're the people that you can't have out and about, so you have to close shops so that they can't be out and about. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. But then what do they do? They go somewhere else to be, uh, to, to, to be that irresponsible, you know? I got on a taxi, I'm very, very sorry to say, but I had to get a taxi to get to my car the other day, and there was a man in the taxi, and he had the mask right down under his nose. And I, I said, do I take him on? Do I say to him? And I said, I have enough stress with keeping my own little show on the road. I kept my own mask over my face to protect him, obviously. And I actually got out before the journey's end. And sometimes said, people, here, sometimes people observe, oh, you asked him to let you out yeah, earlier? I did. I did, and I didn't, I didn't confront him because I thought, you know what, we have no, enough battles at the moment to, to get through without telling this, like the man was 60 plus. I would have thought he would have had more sense. Yeah, some people don't. Like Michael says, most hair salons certainly, hopefully, uh, will, will survive this in fairness mm-hmm. to them. But I got a haircut yesterday morning in a leading barber, and I yes. saw four men, four of yes. the six men that came through the door, yes. never yes. sanitized their hands, did absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. The staff nor the owner said a word to them. I know the customers were wrong, uh, as it was their problem, but this is why we have this huge problem. It's just people not playing ball. Yeah. It's yeah. the same in shops with masks and what have you. Yeah. I yeah, bet absolutely. the people complaining are the very people who didn't sanitize in the first place. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, you know, there's, there's a challenge as well this morning, all of that water coming up through all of the, the shores outside, you know, that's not good for any of us wading around in that or picking up our, our, our floating products that were floating through the arcade this morning. Um, it can't be good. So we were sanitizing, we weren't COVID sanitizing this morning, we were sanitizing oh, yeah. against the elements um, that was, the, and you can just imagine what that was like coming to meet us, you know. Okay. Literally, we were up to rise on it. I know, it's, it like, just know? got a hell of a lot worse this morning. We have to dig deep once more, and that we will. Okay, exactly. mind yourself, and well, thanks right for then. taking the call. Cheers Take for now. Bye bye. Bye to everybody in the Winthrop Arcade. That's Carol from Best of Buds. I listen to your show every morning, really enjoy it. I've been in bed with COVID the last eight days, and I can tell you. This is no flu. It's a serious illness. I'm fit. I'm healthy. But this one knocked me off my feet. Someone emailed you yesterday morning and they said that they will not be respecting the new guidelines that are to be released. 
That is the problem we have as a society. People like them have no respect for anyone, which is exactly what Carol was saying there with the people who just didn't give a damn. It's the fault of the people who don't listen to the guidelines uh, and not the government's. It's not the government's fault. They're trying to keep the country going, look after people's health at the same time. But it's typical Irish. We think we can do what we want but then look to blame someone else for our own stupidity. It's these sort of people who are closing the economy by not looking after themselves, by doing simple things like social distancing, washing hands, face masks. Really sick of ignorant people. Just do what you're told and we won't be in this mess. Thank you. That's from somebody who uh, says this is not uh, a walk in the park. It's not a flu. It's a serious illness. I'm fit and healthy knocked me off my feet. In relation to teenage behavior from yesterday's program and indeed Friday's, these are fights, guys. These are kicking the heads off teenagers by other teenagers when they're on the ground. There were a load of teenagers aged 16 to 18 in the parking Glanmire on Saturday night, parting till four in the morning. Where the hell were their parents? Were they not wondering where their kids were at four o'clock in the morning? 16-year-olds? Absolutely infuriates me that parents are so irresponsible, especially during this stressful and anxious time. I know where my kids are at all times. How do these parents sleep at night? I bet these parents would be the first to complain if level five restrictions were brought in, but couldn't care less about anyone's welfare. Thank you for that. You're probably right. Some of those parents actually are probably rubbing their hands in glee. Oh, six weeks off, COVID payment party. Uh, just to let you know that a relative of mine tested positive for COVID last Tuesday. And as far as I'm aware, nobody from contact tracing has been in touch it's nearly a week now with any of the close contacts. My relative took it on themselves instead and rang everyone that he was in contact with. Are they that overwhelmed that there can be this kind of delay? I hope not. As surely this can't be okay. And then there's lots of other topics of conversation in the past couple of days. I did see, oh yes, somebody sent me a video yesterday of the guards pinning a guy to the ground on Pope's Quay. Um, so we called a guard a press and they said, Guardy this afternoon, yesterday afternoon, seized an offensive weapon at half three on Pope's Quay. A 21-year-old man was arrested in relation to this and taken to Bridewell Guard Station. Investigations are ongoing. But somebody said to me that what the guards seized, and I can't say this, is just alleged that it was a machete. Now, life and times are living in Cork these days. Um, Kayla, or Kaylee, I should say. Yeah, hi. Okay, back to, um, back to Linda's email saying that people yes. that can afford to queue outside Smith's in the middle of a working day are clearly not out there working for a living and enjoying the fruits of staying at home as full-time proud mammies. Oh. <laughs> That's the right. gist of it anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm not ringing to comment, comment on that. I'm basically offering my help to her to say that if she does, if she can't queue, I'll queue no problem for her. It's no bothers. I'm, I'm a mother of four kids, so I don't really sit at home doing nothing, but, <laughs> um, I would be more, more than happy to go for her and help her sort out her stuff while she works. It's no like, problem. how could a full-time proud mammy queue at Smith's for hours if she has babies and toddlers at home? Oh, 100%. Oh, wait a while. They, might be, in, they might be with a childminder in the creche. Yeah, well, well like, I, I, my kids go to school in the morning, so I have three hours every morning basically to clean my house and get my, get my dinner sorted, but... I mean, you can take that from us sitting at home if you like. <laughs> no, I don't. I think cleaning a house and getting the dinner ready is a lot harder work than going to work. 
Well, I worked full time too, and I have four kids at the time, so I I know exactly where she's coming from. It's frustrating, but at the same time, you can't come down on people who 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 can't afford to work because <laughs> that's my situation. I can't afford to go to work. It's better off my husband goes and I stay home with four kids because, because of uh, childminding and crash fees. Yes, yeah. yeah, it will cost me a mortgage a month for me to go to work, and I did that before. And you get a tiny, a, miserable contribution to a, a crash yes, fee, don't miserable. you? Miserable, yeah, yeah. But like I said, I don't begrudge anyone anything. I don't know anybody's situation, nor do they know mine. But what I'm saying is, for her little girl, if she's stuck before any of this comes in, I would be more than happy to go down for her. And but for you're her. being sarcastic, aren't you? No, Jesus Christ, no, <laughs> Lord. No, 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 no. Neil, I am not being sarcastic. I'm definitely not. I have four kids. I know what it's like to queue outside there and look for a toy that you can't get or one that somebody keeps going in and buying eight of because they've loads of money. Even oh, though she in return... Oh, right, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would they do that? Why would they do yeah. that? But I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm no, I'm no judge or jury. Like, I just, I'm just offering So you would do the shopping for a, a woman who works... If she gives me her list, I will go and I will get it to her by tomorrow night. So you would do the shopping for a mo- for a woman who works full yeah. time outside of the home, of even course. though she calls mums like you, women who have zero incentive to work, know all the ins and outs of the benefits, and goes on more holidays than the Kardashians. I'm not on benefits. <laughs> I'm not on benefits, so um, yeah. But I would, I would, 100 percent, no problem for kids. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. All right, well, Kaylee. Just, it means that they get what they want, doesn't it? And that everybody's happy and I have time. So if I can give my time, I, I would I would like to offer it. All right. Basically. Okay. So if she would like to take me off, you can pass on my details. Well, I do. No Fair play to you. Thanks, right. Kaylee. Cheers. No problem, Neil. Bye. Linda, have just responded to that lady who was whinging about stay-at-home mums queuing outside Smith's. She sounds awful bitter, to be honest. Not all mams that don't work are claiming benefits. Um, my husband works and I gave up my career to care for our children. We never claim benefit and my husband works very hard to keep it that way. We also saved a lot of money before starting our family. It's terrible that she has it so hard, but she needs to stop blaming others for what she doesn't have. Stop tarring all of us with the same brush. Once my kids are in full-time school, I will go back to work. In the meantime, my husband will continue to contribute to her child's benefit. We'll give up my personal details, but needs to be said. Uh, and so say all of us. I'm absolutely delighted that somebody else agrees with me on full-time mammy front. I work myself full-time to beat the band and have bills coming out of my ears, pay high rent, and all these other people do nothing and get to live the life of Riley. Uh, you're not alone on that front, Linda, says another texter. I totally agree with Linda's comments. These proud full-time mummies are also the ones who had the big charades of communions with marquees, dressing up their girls in dresses bigger than the wedding dresses, making a holy show of them they were. Then these huge communion parties, which led to more COVID cases. And here we are, locked down now. While all these proud full-time mammies are still sitting at home, happy out, we have a lockdown. As it's a bit excitement for them. I'm raging. Get one of them on the air. I bet they'll, uh, I bet they won't take your call. Well, invite anybody to come on to defend themselves and like-minded women who work in the home. I mean, what what are we talking about here? Are we talking about, say, for instance, a mammy who has school-going kids or maybe toddlers in creche who also has a housekeeper who cleans the house that allows them... 
the whole day until maybe four in the afternoon when they only need to start thinking about preparing the dinner. Is that what you're suggesting? The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. You're hearing things, kids. You're hearing things. Constantly, Neil, you're constantly blaming decent people for spreading the virus. After hearing what that businesswoman had to say, I, for one, will be doing all my shopping online abroad. You're a disgrace. You're, you're hearing things. I mean, what are you listening to? That's just a million miles away. You probably still are listening, but what are you hearing like? Listen, we got to shop local and check out, if nothing else, if you're idle there for a couple of seconds, just check out CorkCityShopping.com, will you? www.CorkCityShopping.com. Don't be on about this nonsense about buying all of your shopping overseas. For God's sake, when you get real and protect the jobs that were families and individuals that we're living amongst get a bit of sense anyway karen friday we had a bad crash we had friday we had a bad crash as well at the at the tunnel going towards don kettle you're telling me there's another one um it's just as you come from Mahon point heading into the tunnel if you were heading northbound onto the dublin road okay what did you see um, the airbags have come out of cars and all it's the traffic is completely held up all the way back to the road down hotel <laughs> from okay. what I can see okay so we're talking I about I haven't seen any I can't see any further but I can because I, I went up for Mahon are you talking about more but than one car involved really in a collision I can't I can't see the second car the car is literally just before you enter the tunnel you see the weather's the very bad the cars are there now on the scene but nothing is moving oh my god I hope that everybody's okay because the bad weather of course makes it much harder to drive and keep your distance and visibility so what we are talking yeah. about is at least two cars involved in a collision going into the tunnel in the tunnel or it's outside it's the car that I can see is just before you enter the tunnel so whether there's a second one in the tunnel I'm not too sure and traffic backed up to the road just on slip yeah, so I took the slip from Ann Point and when I was going over the bridge I couldn't see the traffic I just know. as far as roads so I can't see it moving anything beyond that. Thanks for so the information update. Let people bear that in mind. Well, Cheers. Take care, Karen. Appreciate it. Anybody gets traffic like that, do let us know because it's important to pass it on. I mean, this morning, the the rain was just hammering down. This is about, about 20 past 7. And um, what I noticed on the link heading west to come out here to Curraheen uh, on, the, on the road was that it's very, it's very it's very hard to even see uh, the divider lines between the lanes. There was that much water, um, and that's a worry because you could do you know maybe that's one of the reasons why people crash. They stray from their lane. Um, Emma's a frontline worker. She works in the CUH, and it really upsets me. She says we are literally breaking our backs here in the CUH and everyone around the country to keep this virus down. And you've got idiots posting things online. And she gives me an example of a girl who says uh, online on Facebook, I will not comply with any restrictions. I will not comply with any restrictions. Uh, And Emma says that um, you have people who don't have the decency to obey restrictions. This is a nurse talking of the CUH. It's disgusting. Can you please talk about this on the radio and plead with people? It's very selfish out of them. We have less ICU beds than we did in 2001. Wow. People like this will be the reason hospitals will have an overcapacity rate leading to less ICU beds and less care for poor people that really need it with this COVID. It's so selfish. Please highlight it, Neil. It's awful when I see texts and comments like this. I will not comply with any restrictions. Uh, keep yourself safe, Emma. Uh, lines are open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 106 Roz, good morning. 
Hi, Neil. Uh, full, f- proud full-time mummies. Apparently, this is this is a term that's used. Apparently, I'm told. Yeah, um, I was listening to Linda. Uh, sorry, no, but she was on Facebook. Um, a kind of a hashtag handle, proud full-time mummies. Yeah, um, look, she's obviously under pressure, you know, and um, obviously feels, I don't know, she, uh, I don't know, she's jealous. Well, were you one of the ones, were you one of the ones that she saw queuing for hours to get into Smith's? Maybe so. Um, I dropped my kids to school yesterday morning and I was thinking about lockdown and I was like, oh dear, I still need to get other things and um, will I just rush in because I live in Bandon? So um drove straight in and parked and saw the queue and went, oh God, I'm going to just have to queue it. And it was pouring rain. So I queued and uh, the queue was going along fine, um, fairly fast. I only queued for about five minutes and I was in. Um, plenty of social distancing inside. Yeah, I was in, got what I had to get and out again. And what you were looking for, did you know in advance? I did, yeah, my small league. Um, yeah, I did. I knew what I wanted, but I kind of I took a stroll around as well, you know. Yeah. Um, just to see was there anything else I could pick up. And, and uh, were there, are there shortages of anything? I hope to talk to Smiths tomorrow and and some other toy shops. And I'm just wondering, like they're talking about no bikes and no PlayStation Five and things like that. Yeah, see, I was I wouldn't be looking for no, stuff that like that, you. Neil. No. So my 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 smallie is just into Barbies and dolls, you know. And she likes puzzles, so it was just a case of go in, pick what I had to get, and gone. Because uh, you want it to be as perfect um, or as traditional a Christmas as possible, yeah? Listen, we all want to try our best for our kids, don't we? Um, as I say, I, I try and give them what I never had. Um, but at, at, um, you know, like they don't get... You know, she's, she was looking at the Smith's catalogue and she wanted the whole catalogue. That's normal. Know? There'd be something so, wrong if she didn't. Yeah. yeah, and so we decided, no, absolutely not. You know, so you pick three things. And, do, you think uh, we, do you think we might be back to um, priority shopping for the likes of you as a soldier or a nurse or a guard or a healthcare worker? Well, well see, why I text in is because I'm a retired soldier. Retired, my apologies, sorry. I'm retired, so I was in that queue yesterday as a retired soldier, but a full-time mum. But I don't claim benefits. Yeah, but you you know you don't. You're on a pension, though, aren't you? Um, I'm on a pension, yeah, yes. That's not, have, that's my an entitlement. full-time. Listen, yes. all, all, well, all benefits, all benefits, by and large, apart from freeloaders or those that lie, all benefits are an entitlement. They're, they're not... They're, yeah, well, they're I, not a luxury. You know, like they're not. Is, it's not an extravagance. Linda, yeah, is Linda saying those that claim? What? What is she? What is she saying? So, what could what could a stay-at-home mother claim apart from children's allowance? And that's a statutory law. I don't know, Neil. I, all I know is that I have my pension, and my husband works full time, so I can afford to stay at home. Because it would be very expensive if you were paying for childcare for both of you to go to work. That's the problem in Ireland now. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, my older two are in secondary school and my youngest is in primary school. Even if I was to go back to work, um, it would I would have to pay for childcare. And plus, you know, whatever she, income I bring in would be taxed at a higher rate. But if she sees a long queue of people at Smith's and by and large there, as she calls them, proud full-time mummies she's saying that these are at least some of them are 
mummies who have no incentive to work and probably get un- unemployment benefit, have never worked, mm-hmm. and are rearing a family on unemployment benefit, would that be it? Yeah, but see, she's cla- she shouldn't class us all in the one... The one, you know, Neil, it's not fair. Um, you have the minority out there, but not all of us. All right, okay. Do you understand? I certainly know? do. And listen, not every gets up, and not anybody, not everybody gets up in the morning. And think they're going to be coming on the radio. So I appreciate you taking the call. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks, Neil. Cheers, Ross. Bye. Take care. It's it's a term used on Facebook. Brenda tells me on Facebook you have a bio, as in what do you do for a living, and they write proud full time mummies as their profession. Thanks, Brenda. Uh, don't know what Brenda's going to do with regards to the hair now over the next six weeks. I suppose you have, um, I suppose you have an appointment probably later on this afternoon. Although the way, the way an awful lot of people uh, get tomorrow, is it? Oh yeah, the hair's tomorrow. That'll take about seven hours, I suppose, will it? <laughs> A lot of comments from people on lockdown. Uh, sincerely hope that all the lock it downers are aware of the hundreds of thousands of jobs that people will lose today, uh, or those who are worried their jobs may be gone by tomorrow morning. These are the lock-it-downers, the ones that can't wait for lockdown. If everyone was as loud and proud about minding their own personal space, their own health and safety, and staying at home, we mightn't have come to this point today. The changes made will again only affect the people who are following the rules, unless there's stricter enforcement measures coming in for those that didn't and will continue not to follow the guidelines and the rules. Thank you for that, Leanne. That could be the reason why they're going to fine people, particularly with regards to the 5K rule. Just on that 5K rule, if I get a chance, I've got about 90 seconds, I might try and talk to a, a 5K rule call after the break. Um, hang in there after these. Intel a fake smile a million miles away. There's James Bay, and let's see if we can sort out Louise Corcoran in Blackrock. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Well done, you're fast on the phone. Now, this is a lovely opportunity. Two nights B&B for you and whomever you choose to take with you in one of our Cork hotels. When we get out the other side of this, you'll have something to look for it, all right? Okay, let me just see what we got. We find out where it is? Definitely. Here we go. Congratulations. You've just won Red FM's Take a Break for Cork's sake. Hi, it's Virgo from the Kingsley Hotel. Congratulations on winning Red FM's Take a Break for Cork's sake. We're absolutely delighted that you're going to be coming to enjoy a two-night break with us. And we promise you'll have a fantastic time in the greatest place in the world, Cork. And remember, anything you need, please just ask us. Sorry, Ferg. Sorry about that. How do you feel about that? Five star all the way. That's brilliant. Okay, who are you going to take with you? Hey, Gavin. All right, well, listen, look after yourself and Gavin. Regards to everybody in Blackrock. And we'll be in touch for full details. You're off to the Kingsley for two-night B&B. Enjoy it, Louise, all right? Perfect, thank you. You're welcome. Take care. <laughs> Lines will stay open at one 104 106 uh, We'll pick it up in the morning. And hopefully, we'll try and uh, continue to lighten the mood and keep people optimistic and positive. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.